0: Hello and welcome to Jamie's wee podcast. On this episode, I am excited and intrigued to be joined by Mr. Edward Dangerfield, who is a world leading expert when it comes to all things, the nervous system. For those of you who may be familiar with breathwork, meditation or movement, or even if you're just intrigued to find out what these things might entail, we'll get prepared for an an incredible insight from one of the best in the business. Mr. Edward Dangerfield, welcome to Jamie's Wee podcast.
1: Thank you, bro.
0: What about that introduction? Did you like that?
1: Yeah,
0: I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you will not top that.
1: No, yeah, that's the best one I've ever had, I think. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant.
0: First, can I just say um, I cannot stop saying your name, Mr. Edward Dangerfield. Yeah. It sounds like you could be in the next Avengers movie.
1: It's a pretty funny one. <laughs> it's a funny one to grow up with as well. Oh, I, is that your real name? Yeah, so uh, born, real name. Okay. My, my dad's. Name, his, Senior Dangerfield. His, his dad's dad's yeah, yeah. yeah. You come from a long line of Dangerfields. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, grew up, I grew up on the Isle of Wight. So I actually oh, I grew no. up in southern England. Okay. And then my accent's confused. I moved to Canada. So I've got this okay. like, hybridized English-Canadian accent. Mm-hmm. But uh, I grew up on the Isle of Wight, so a small community. And I just grew up with that name. And it was like, because it was a small community, I didn't even realize it was weird. You know, it was just like everyone knew me. Right, so it was kind of normalized right. for them, Not until you left the Isle yeah. of Wight, uh, no, yeah. And everyone yeah. was like, Your name's what? And then I realized, <laughs> I guess it's kind of funny.
0: It's cool, I yeah. thought it was like a maybe a stage name, yeah. Maybe you're trying to evade tax, yeah,
1: that would work, yeah, <laughs> or, would work. or become a famous breath worker. You know, that was there like, you go, <laughs> yeah. but it's memorable, which, which is like everything, a double edged sword, right? It really is. Yeah.
0: Uh, it can work against you, or it can work yeah, for yeah, you. That, strongly, absolutely. <laughs> I guess if you were an advent, uh, an Avenger, your superpower would be breathwork.
1: My superpower is is breathwork. Breathwork, yeah, so for sure. Yeah, yeah that would my, be in, my be capacity nice. to read people's breathing.
0: That would be interesting. Yeah, you and Iron Man. Yeah. I'm not quite the double team.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, I'm outflanked by all of the Avengers. It's just yeah. not that spectacular <laughs> compared to those guys who got
0: nothing. Oh, you never know. Like, listen, don't play your, your breathwork skills sure. down. I'm yeah. sure it, I'm In
1: the sure. world of breathwork, they're pretty good. Aye. But yeah, I'm not wearing an iron suit and flying through the sky. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Now, before we get started, I just want to say I actually hand-picked you to be on this podcast. You're the first ever person to be handpicked Thank
1: to be on you. this podcast.
0: Wow. Um, it was around the idea, uh, or the time of I had the idea of starting this podcast is when I first actually encountered you. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. Um, it was at an event at Zin Cafe, which is a restaurant and co-working space here in Canggu. Yes. And I remember they kind of went around the room and everyone was telling each other what they do and, you know, just like a kind of get to know you session. Um, you had the usual like travel bloggers people have businesses and, and all that kind of stuff then it got to you and then everyone just kind of like stopped and looked because you were like everyone was just captivated by you your story what you do and just just the way you tell it i mean i know i was anyway <laughs> oh, um, thanks for,
1: i remember the event you remember yeah, it? Yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah
0: and then that, that's i mean i knew then and then i thought this guy is going to be in my podcast the podcast that i've not even created yet
1: it, bro. So uh, you go. here I'll we go. your intention. That's yeah, you an amazing manifestation. I
0: manifested it, and here yeah. we are. We're sat in your your dining room here in Bali. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And we've, I've made it happen. Yeah. I love it.
1: Good for you, bro. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Now I know you're a very busy man, and you're very sought after, so I appreciate you taking the time for to invite me around your house. Yeah, of course. I always, I always really enjoy it, and I really appreciate it when people welcome me into their own home. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah, I appreciate I'm stoked, that. I'm stoked to be on the podcast as well. I'd love to share. And I'll you brought a good. wee beer as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, listen.
0: Sure. That's us friends the, for life. The fridge is empty. Is it? For two days <laughs> that have now been drunk. So oh, that's there we it. go. I'll it's cherish it. I'll yeah, cherish yeah. it. Thanks very much. Um, so how long have you actually lived in this this house? Uh,
1: three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. Just new? Yeah, three weeks. Okay. Just moved here. Right, and before yeah. I was living uh, about 10 minutes inland. Right, Okay. Yeah, so just just moved here, and I wanted to be closer to the beach. Right. So been in Bali about four months. Okay, and and so at, we met pretty much my. I was like, gonna say. I, I've been here like two weeks at that point, right. max, and um, and then yeah, just I found a place online. And it was one of those ones where, you know, finding accommodation online the line is a bit of a dice roll, right? It's a bit sketchy yeah. here in Bali. Yeah. yeah, so I found this place, rolled the dice, mm-hmm. and uh, when I arrived, it was a good 10 minutes further out than I had been led to believe. Okay. Which is all good. And so uh, I just stayed there for a while until I found something closer that was really mm-hmm. kind of fitting with what I wanted. So so here we are.
0: Okay. And that's, that's really cool you gave me a wee tour earlier it's as you say, it's very minimalistic it's very barley yeah that's a good sell man
1: yeah i like the minimalist especially like for uh just clarity around Mm -hmm. like our environment has an impact on our lives right and our lives have an impact on our environment so we're creating a feedback loop so like i can put art on the walls which is going to impact me and then you know that affects me and then would affect the kind of art that i would create okay so So this is all your artwork so it's pretty funny actually i ran um i run a a painting group okay yeah so we meet up um is it genesis just, studios yeah, 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 yeah. So we meet up they get and,
0: they get yeah, a lot of plugs on this podcast yeah, yeah. i'll tell you that right? genesis Studios. genesis yeah. studios yeah <laughs>
1: not so what i do is i get a group of us to to turn up um like we do it about once a month mm-hmm. and it's called the dead painter society it's just like a fun play on the dead Paws the Paws. society film so and what we do is we just get together and, and i do a guided meditation and then we paint and it's for people that don't uh, can be quite left brain logical it's an opportunity for us to get into a creative side and it's really interesting to see the qualities of self judgment that come up Okay. so it's all about the process and not what we're creating it's about the self reflection and the qualities of like how do I judge myself when I'm just being artistic yeah do you notice
0: a difference before the meditation and then after the meditation? Yeah, are like I don't
1: know what I'm going to paint, and right. then I guide people in and this guided meditation, and then afterwards everyone's just like Picasso. into it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, going for it. So yeah, this is um, th- these these paintings are uh, from um, yeah the last workshop we did. So different different group of people. And it's really interesting to see how like uh, people's um, char- like character plays out in in art. Yeah, like you can see how like people's behavior and character traits demonstrated to canvas mm-hmm. super fun. It's good one. So you're planning
0: yeah. on filling your walls yeah. with all these canvas. Yeah.
1: So like going to do one a month. So there's okay. going to be a couple of walls like this wall. I'm going to build around it and just like add in some more, add in some more paintings. And okay. It's really memorable. Brady, who was on your last book. Oh really? Is that his? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's like, and then this is my friend Chiara Deluccio, who's a Kundalini yoga teacher and meditation okay. teacher. So you can see like joy and smiles. So like this really captures her. So like, it's really like Brady's just left Bali. He was my roommate for, t- for like two, three months. And now I've got a little piece of his like heart and creativity hanging yeah. in my house. It means so much to me. It's beautiful, man. Yeah.
0: It really is beautiful. So next time I come in for maybe part two, it'll be like an art gallery in here. Yeah, all you'll see is just
1: art everywhere. <laughs> I do start selling them to people who come and do podcasts. So. Yeah. <laughs> Better bring my wallet next time I'm then. and a the beer. my whole experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Do you, do you live with anyone else here? Or is it just yourself? Yeah, just me solo. Just your health. Yourself. Yeah. That's cool, man. It's really cool. Well, happy new home. Yeah, I thanks hope, so much, bro. I hope you're selling well, here.
1: Yeah, it feels really good. Now. It feels it's good, super chill, close to the local market, and yeah. just in the. I like the village style of it here. There's lots of different house opportunities in Bali. I've got some friends who've got these amazing villas with pools, and that's just.
0: It's not you. Not really me. Okay. Yeah, I like that's just, good. That yeah, yeah. There's no right or wrong way to, to do the Bali experience. I must admit. Yeah. I've stayed at places with pools, and you, you pay extra for the pool, and, yeah. and you barely dip your toe in the pool. Right. You know, it's yeah. like because you naturally the beach is right there.
1: Totally. And that's so, my passion. And yeah. I love to surf. And so like mm-hmm. for me, I prefer to be closer to the beach in a humbler place where I can actually get more time in the water. Yeah. It yeah,
0: so. makes so much sense. Yeah. So much sense. Now you say you were born in the Isle of Wight. When did you move to Canada then?
1: Yeah. So uh, I would have been 21. 21? Yeah. Oh wow. So grew up on the Isle of Wight and then I studied in Exeter in Southwest England. Okay. And then when I graduated, I had an opportunity to travel and I just, At at the time, you could get a one-year Canadian visa right right after you'd finish your studies. Okay. So I just, I I leapt to the chance. I was like, I'm going to Canada for a year. I'm getting out of the UK. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't really aligning for me. I needed to travel and and see the world. So I wanted to go and do a ski season I became a ski bum. Okay. And then I was there for a year in Canada. Right. My visa ran out. I went back to the UK and I sank into a bit of a depression. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm getting out of here. Okay. And so uh, just been travelling
0: ever since. Yeah, well then I just
1: moved back to Canada. I applied for, for residency. Okay. And I immigrated. Oh well. and then one year turned into into fifteen.
0: Fifteen yeah. years in, in sunny Canada. Yeah, and
1: it was about <laughs> six six years ago I got my Canadian passport and actually okay. officially became a Canadian citizen. Right. And uh, ironically sang the national anthem uh, and, and then swore allegiance to the Queen of England which is oh, kind really? of funny because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm English. So it was like, it was... Oh, it was easy yeah, for you then to pass fun, that test. Yeah, exactly, it was. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, I was in Canada for 15 years and then it would have been, yeah, just beginning of 2019 made a decision to move to Bali. Okay. I got fed up with winter. Yeah, nice. No, so, I know the
0: feeling well growing up in Scotland. I often yeah. get fed up of winter and cold. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so it's just so, like, it's time to get out. Just so enjoy some... Chase the sunshine. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And that that's why I... I also wanted to ground it into a place where what I was doing for work was really like acknowledged and received and mm-hmm. people got it and were seeking it. So like, you know, yeah. for half half the North American population that have watched Eat, Pray, Love, they're all coming over here on their spiritual quest. <laughs> and it's just like, that's okay. just way easier. Than, you know, for work, it's just so much easier. Most yeah. people are like really curious around the practices and, and what I do. So yeah. yeah. Well,
0: that's cool, man. That's cool. As I say, well, as you touched on, your friend Brady here has got his, his stunning artwork on the wall yes. just behind you there. Um, I had him on a podcast as well. Um, it's probably going to air this Sunday. Nice. Um, that'll be the next podcast I yeah. hear. Um, and he is also from Canada. Uh, now, is there a big culture in Canada for the, these types of things, or is it just a, a complete fluke that my sample market of two are both kind of been in Canada? Complete fluke. Complete yeah, fluke, yeah, right, I okay.
1: I mean... <laughs> I think it depends like Brady's from, from Toronto. So he's mm-hmm. from more on the sort of, well, I would say east side of Canada, but it's even quite central central east. Um, and I'm from BC. Okay. So I've been living in, in the west coast right. and in the west coast in BC, like most of the West Coast of North America, like Washington, Oregon, and California, they have a tendency to be more liberal and to be associated more with kind of hippie granola tree hugging vibes. Okay, um, you know, home of some brands like um, you know, think about like Patagonia, Arc'teryx, and those kind of qualities. And so uh, that culture of outdoorsing and connection to nature, I think, leads to a greater capacity of, of mindfulness and activity and yoga and meditation. So mm-hmm. I think from the West Coast, I would definitely say that that's like more of a mindset thing. Okay. I think Brady's just an epic anomaly from Toronto, like, <laughs> really? uh, yeah, for sure, right. yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, I mean, there's certainly for breathwork as well, there's a, a, a pretty high volume of breathworkers in British Columbia. Right. It's like a, one of those places that seems to have a lot, mostly because of, like, there's a few great teachers who are operating there, and then, you know, that just kind of starts to spread, it becomes dynamic, so.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. Interesting so that uh, it's not just uh, it's not just Canada where all you guys come from the yeah. spiritual breathwork and Movement coaches <laughs> and that, but, you know, there's just like kinda some factory that the major in over there, you know, yeah, exactly. it's just by every, chance.
1: Every second Canadian, it just happens to be a meditation. So, yeah, I wish. Aye. Aye. Yeah. Aye. yeah, We're moving that direction. Okay. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. We'll touch, yeah.
0: on, touch on that a wee bit later. We'll yeah. touch on that. Um, now, after doing my homework on you, it's hard to actually tie you down to one specific skill. You appear to have like an array mm. of different talents. So why don't you tell us in your own words what it is you do?
1: Mm, thank you. So like very simply, Mm -hmm. I teach people to remember how to breathe properly or correctly. Um, And in another way of saying that, I also create a shift in blood chemistry through changing the rhythm of breathing. And when the blood chemistry changes, it changes brain function. Mm -hmm. When brain function changes, we create malleability in the nervous system and we allow for neuroplastic change.
0: Wow. Do you put that on your CV? Or? Yeah, so like that. Like I said, I when,
1: help people remember how to breathe. <laughs> Is that the LinkedIn so, shortened version now? And then there's the like, tech version. of yeah, like, okay, uh, well, how are you doing that? And it's, well, it's like, well, yeah.
0: well, I'm looking forward to getting more into this. It's so yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> an intriguing start, let me tell you that. Um, and again, I go back to your friend, Brady, and we actually, on the podcast, we spoke about you um, he obviously speaks about you fondly because uh, you're very good friends yeah. and we actually both agreed that you are some kind of sort of spiritual DJ because you bring all these elements together you know <laughs> yeah. you're like Calvin Harris and someone you know I
1: love that bro That's <laughs> spiritual awesome. DJ yeah, yeah. There you I go. like that as a label yeah, there yeah. you go so yeah.
0: maybe change your LinkedIn yeah yeah, you know? yeah totally spiritual yeah. DJ so I am now <laughs> <laughs> formerly known as an yeah. artist formerly yeah. known as um, and can I say I'd never up until that um, that point where I actually met you at that, um, uh, that speakers event, I'd never actually heard the breath work before. Sure. Um, and the next day I remember, I was absolutely buzzing. I, I remember I messaged you, I followed you, and I messaged you the next day saying, yeah. I'm really interested to come. And it was just timings and the eye and all that kind of situ- yeah. situation, that meant like I, I had to kind of look after her. Um, so I couldn't, unfortunately couldn't come to one of your events. But for me and all the other layman's out there, I think you've just, you tried to simplify it there. But can you give us a really basic description of what breathwork is?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, ultimately, breathing is the foundation of the rhythm of life, okay. which is like the foundation of the rhythm of the body and all organ systems and all systems that come from that. So, in essence, the inhale is activating the nervous system and it actually turns on the activation of the endocrine glands that stimulate awakeness Mm -hmm. and our exhale relaxes. So our exhale slows us down. So the easiest way to describe that is if we yawn, we're bringing in oxygen to activate ourselves. And if we sigh, we're letting go to relax. Okay. So the rhythm of our breath, our inhale activates and our sigh relaxes. Mm -hmm. Right? So when we look at the rhythm of breathing, what that's doing is it's changing all of the organ systems. If we go for a run, the volume of breath increases. So our inhale increases to bring in more oxygen. And our exhale releases more carbon dioxide. And what happens is our our blood chemistry changes.
0: Every time. Yeah. Every time you inhale, exhale.
1: Exactly. That's how amazing the body is. So every time the rhythm of breath changes, the nervous system and then the endocrine system respond. And so if we have a couple of variables to breath, but if we were to just focus on the volume and the rhythm... We're looking at, like, our breath can be shallow and slow or shallow and quick. Mm-hmm. And it can be voluminous and slow or voluminous and quick. Yeah. And that depends on our activity. Mm-hmm. So our breathing is changing to meet our environment. So right now, I'm like, I barely need to breathe. Like, we're hanging out in my house and I've got a beer. Very my body's just super relaxed, yeah. right? Which allows yeah. for me to be able to think in a different way. Yeah. Are you always,
0: in, you always in tune with your breath every moment in time? Or
1: yeah, so there's a quality there where it's like, we need to be conscious and subconscious of our breathing we are both like it's the one actually it's the gateway into our subconscious because okay. breathing is the one thing we can do both consciously and subconsciously yeah. it's the only function that has both of those oh really yeah okay what
0: well, about blinking because sometimes you
1: blink consciously and subconsciously yeah. yeah i guess we could control that
0: yeah Oh <laughs> you go yeah you do because when you start realizing you bl- i guess it's very similar once you notice the breath, you're very in tune to it and you actually notice like, if you're, yeah, breathing, then you're not. yeah, but then, breathing but when you're going about your everyday life it's like you are totally unaware of your breath well there's actually,
1: now you mentioned it there's a couple of things facially that we do like this is amazing that we do where we're just like licking the lips or like, yeah but I think blinking's actually like because we can control it but we don't have to
0: I just threw a curveball your way there
1: Totally, but in an <laughs> epic way, because now like there's another window into the subconscious that I hadn't even considered. Maybe I'm going may- to spend like three hours meditating with my blinking now. Maybe
0: I should be a blink work expert. Maybe that would be your, maybe your, that's niche, my calling. your niche field. Yeah, maybe I should that's get into in Blink
1: patterning. Well, so like NLP neuro-linguistic programming is all about focusing on how eyes move. Okay. And you can see that like an eye twitch, like if someone looks to the left or right, up, down, it's going to be that they're accessing different parts of their brain so you can start to read like eye twitch and eye movement and uh, as a so like this is the next level of like being studying the human nervous system i'm looking at how a client like moves into the office gives me an indication of how they live so it's like yeah anyway (laughs) i don't know if you want to go. no no you you can go wherever you (laughs) want with this
0: you've given me beer so you can say whatever (laughs) you want if you want me to leave and you just crack on and keep chatting away (laughs) just let me know I'll go and get. I'll go and get more beers, and you can just keep. <laughs> I'll
1: just. I'll just. will just have a, a, a like a monologue. Yeah, a, monologue. a monologue. Yeah. I'll. I'll, down the street.
0: <laughs> I'll head down and grab some more beers. Now, before we get into a little more detail uh, about the skills uh, that you practice and preach on a day-to-day yeah. basis, um, is this something that you have always done, or was there a life before breathwork?
1: Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Um, There's a funny quote. That, like, I have to get this right, but it was something like. Uh, we, we have two lives, and we realize the first one happens when we realize we've only got one. <laughs> it's like the second one. starts old. when we realize we've only got one. <laughs> uh, but the essence of that is like my, my, my life as a breath worker begun uh, when I got caught in an avalanche. Okay. So I was going to
0: ask, was that a specific moment? Yeah, that was it. Right. It was
1: like, yeah. I was, uh, I was a restaurant owner. Oh, really? And so I lived in a ski resort in Canada. I'd ski in the day, and I'd work in the restaurant in the evening. And it was a pretty joyful existence. Um and yeah, my my life took a, a huge left turn and then di- subsequent downward spiral okay. <laughs> when I when I got caught in an avalanche. Shoot super traumatic experience. Um basically yeah, it was just was skiing backcountry, which is what is something I did quite a lot. And uh so I was out out of bounds of the area that was patrolled and, and controlled for Avalanche bombed. And so friend and I were just skiing, we were skiing a pitch that we'd already skied that day, second run and the whole side of the mountain gave way and moved with me. And it was a large volume of snow and I just, you know, I was just tumbling and like, it was, it was totally terrifying. Like I've never experienced such a, a gripping feeling of loss of control and, and uh, abject fear. And, uh, and so like, you know, I just, I swam in this like super dense snow to try and stay on top. And as the mountainside was coming down with me, I managed to stay up on top of it. And when it came to a stop, I was buried up to about here. So I wasn't actually full burial, so I could still breathe. And then my friend who'd watched the whole thing from he'd skied at first and then pulled out to the side, he came down and kind of dug me out. and Yeah, uh, I, I was pretty messed up. up okay, there.
0: so that was like the definitive moment where pretty much everything changed. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so yeah. It, at that time I then decided it was a good idea to leave the restaurant just then, then yeah I mean I was already making moves to exit and then it was just like that was it I stopped basically I stopped I sold out um, just and
0: mentally and physically just checked out at that moment yeah, just that was it
1: yeah and then uh, I was in a relationship at the time and, and that fell apart as well I went travelling I just I lost myself I was in like I was desperately seeking some answers okay yeah and my whole system was like now when I look back on that it will make sense but at the time, like my whole system was dysregulated. Mm-hmm. I was burnt out, we'd, we'd built the restaurant for about three years at that point. So I just been like in full type A overachiever entrepreneur mode and in the restaurant industry, which is super challenging and throw that into a ski resort, it's just like super up and down. So it was like a lot of late nights, messing with the circadian rhythm, a good amount of whiskey being thrown in late at <laughs> night, disrupting <laughs> sleep pattern consistently, yeah, yeah. up early in the morning, skiing super hard, lots of adrenaline. Not much rest, and then like throw in like a challenging codependent relationship, and you know you like put any human in that situation, and it's going to lead to ultimately emotional dysregulation and burnout. Yeah. So I burnt out really hard, and then, and then you know as I was burning out, I got caught in an avalanche. So I wasn't even in great condition to recover.
0: Do you believe this was some kind of like divine intervention? Yeah, oh. it's, all, it's like yeah. the biggest wake up call. Yeah. I like,
1: think the universe, like I will not say like it gives us, but we attract in, we create our experiences to wake up. Like, that's the thing and like we can say that from a super esoterical like a karmic point of view but like when we study trauma we know that the body wants to get complete so what that means is like if we have a big traumatic experience and we don't fully complete it we'll attempt to recreate that over and over again until we do mm-hmm. which is pretty fascinating that's fascinating yeah um. so that's why like as an example if a child is born with their cord wrapped around their neck they have a higher percentage of attempting suicide through hanging. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I'd never heard that before, yeah. but it makes complete sense. Yeah,
1: so it's imprinting. So It's, imprinting it's like if you so enter the birth- world that way, then... Yeah, so if we're born a certain way, we'll, we'll show up in life a certain way. So, like, breech babies like to do everything backwards. Right. Uh, so, anyway, like, birthing, there's a whole... like This comes from Dr. Stan Groff, and Stan Groff is one of the pioneers in breathwork, but he has a whole, like, three chapters in his book detailing how... The first segments of birthing and then, like, the first year of our life fully imprints how we're set up for the rest of our life.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah, it's wild. I'd bro. never even thought about that. Yeah.
1: And you unpack it, like, go into your birth story and start to unpack it. And then you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Between that, that, so that blew me away mm-hmm. because it's really tangible. And it, I like, I love left brain logical stuff. So when it comes to breath work, I, I know, like, it's super mystical and epic, and we go on these crazy journeys. And I also love the science of it. Yes. So for me, I like blending those two parts of me. those the brain, the left and the right.
0: That's why we call you the spiritual DJ. Yeah. <laughs> you just bring all the yeah. elements together. I love it, bro. <laughs> no, I actually remember this story um, about the avalanche and stuff. And you spoke yeah. so openly about like your PSD, PTSD yeah. and um, the depression that followed the avalanche. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Um, and hearing you talk so open and honestly about your mental health issues gave me, it was like instant respect. Yeah. Um, because in recent years, myself, I've been really open and honest about my own depression and, and anxiety uh, moments, where I've went through depression and anxiety. And again, as I said to you before we started this, it's it's really something that I always try and touch on with this podcast yeah. because I, I feel like that's a value that we can all give, talking about our own experiences of, you know, feeling not okay at certain points and how that impacts you. You know. Totally. Um, so I just want I know it's a really. Not depressing, but I feel like it's quite important to talk about these things. But sure. what are your thoughts right now on this? Like, it's almost like an epidemic in male depression, anxiety, and, and suicides. Have yeah, you got any you thoughts God. on that? <clears throat>
1: yeah, I've got lots of thoughts on it. I mean, yeah, thank, thanks for your honesty as well and for your sharing. And I think this is kind of like part of our own healing journeys and everybody else's is to normalize what are like, suppressed emotions and felt senses and the struggle that we're facing you know, like, almost culturally and collectively um so yeah like speaking from my own experience i went into like that high state of anxiety which was indicative of, of a, an adrenal response that never completed yeah. so it was just like i was in a fight flight response i didn't get complete on it so my body was still under threat and it still kept running the same amount of adrenaline and you know that was probably amped up from my childhood when you know my parents blessed them i love them both dearly and they were doing the best that they could when when they got divorced when i was three and then I was raised with my mum. My dad was, you know, in and out of the picture there for a few years through no fault of his own. He was doing the best that he could as well. And so what that led to was a, a high, a high volatile environment in my childhood, mm-hmm. and that patterned into my nervous system. It patterned into my breathing. It patterned into my capacity to emotionally regulate. But it ended up with me being this kind of Type A overachiever, that, and you know, I had to push, push, and go, go, and didn't know how to rest. And so that had an impact on my body system which created the felt sense of anxiety and for me when I speak to anxiety with most of the clients that I'm working with it kind of sits just below the ribcage and it's just just so awkward feeling that's like eating them up inside and generally it's it's an inability to actually to open up and breathe up through the ribcage and so there's a correlation between breathing patterns and and sensation and emotion right so every breath has an emotional quality that goes with it so what I found really rapidly was my mental health was directed directly related to the way i was breathing and my mental health was directly related to to how did you find that
0: correlation between the two is it through breathwork yeah
1: (laughs) yeah initially through just going to a workshop
0: okay so you so obviously you had the ptsd yeah you you left the the restaurant industry and skiing and all that kind of stuff yeah when did you find breathwork and thank
1: you yeah so i went on this mission um which is now basically i'm six years on from the and so the first year, um, I just pulled the plug on, on society and I left and I went and lived in a stone cottage for three months um, off-grid. Wow. And, and to the wild. Yeah. And then I reintroduced myself back into, into society and I managed about a year and a half. I saved up some more money and then I went and did six months again, like just in a stone cottage in, in Portugal, just in the middle of nowhere. And I just did a Qigong practice and meditated and worked on the land and got used to the rhythms of nature and like had no social media, no influence, no dopamine addiction for likes or any of that fun stuff. And I had very little contact with community and it was like one of the most challenging and joyful experiences of my life. (laughs) It was amazing, but it was just, I needed to disconnect. Yeah. And then also just reconnect to self, disconnect from everything else to find like what was going on within me and how... It was an exploration of relationship. I was rela- I was understanding how I related to, to nature, mm-hmm. to food, to water, to the sun, to, to the birds and the things around me. <clears throat> it was amazing. It was one of the most simple ways to live. I lived off grid in a little cottage. I had stream water from a like gravity fed shower and a solar panel for music and journal. And it must
0: have been very difficult to leave.
1: Yeah, it was mass. It was idyllic, but I ran out of money. Right, okay. And it was just yeah, like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it, it was it was a really interesting time. Um, I was trying to figure out how to increase my runway and be able to stay there longer. And uh, at the time I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I had a skill set running restaurants, but I was in like central rural Portugal and there was just like, there's no way I was going to be able to, I couldn't meet the environment. I couldn't yeah. bring through like what I knew. Yeah. So I left and went back to Canada again and, and, and carried on working in the restaurant business. And then at that time I was just on this healing mission. So I basically, I took all of my earnings for like three years, plus the savings from selling out of the restaurant. And I just, I would say I, I blew it all on healing. <laughs> but I went on this mission of just yeah. being like, you know, once I'd done enough like treatments in weird esoteric stuff, I was like, oh, I'm gonna start training in Chinese massage. Right. And I just I just started going on these courses, just right. being like, I wonder what this shit is, you know? It was like, and, um, it was like I had this like, I wasn't doing it like necessarily to like help other people initially or to like become knowledgeable or accredited or good at anything. I mm-hmm. was just, I was doing it to try and save my own life. Okay. And I was like, uh-huh. I can't get, like it was a one point, you know, I mean, I, shortly about three months after the avalanche almost took my life. And that was like the lowest, I remember it was just the lowest point of my life. I was standing in the middle of a four lane highway in Peru and I was like eight beers deep well tall ones you know (laughs) big big, dirty peruvian ones and the
0: big like old south american bills yeah exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) full of and all sorts of magical things and i was standing there in the middle of a four-lane highway and a bus was coming towards me and i'll never forget that moment like that was like the second big awakening and i stood there and i was like i remember asking myself this question is this it and 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 I I just remember standing there and just being in this like total state of like denial and bewilderment, and so many just brutal emotions moving through me. And I just remember the bus blew past my face, and this like it was like, (laughs) and I knew in that moment that 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 wasn't it. Yeah, and then there was this rush of energy that moved through my body, and it like moved from the base of my spine up through me. And it was just, I was just like, what the fuck was that? And then I, I went, I got out of the middle of the road and curled up in a ball in like, the middle of a dirt and some like, you know, favela in Peru and I just cried my eyes out for like four hours. Mm-hmm. And it was the most beautiful and epic release. Wow. And I think that was like one, all of the shit that I'd been storing up and bottling up and trying to be good enough and working hard and trying to please this 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 partner that was never going to be pleased and nothing I ever did was good enough. And then, you know, the restaurant going up against, you know, endless critics and reviews and so many dynamic movies parts that was just too much and so like I just I just you know I fully collapsed and surrendered to the earth and cried in the dirt and then yeah carried on the mission and it would have been like I guess a year about a year later I was practicing a lot of yoga um, and a lot of meditation and I was um, i had been really strict with myself I was full paleo I've been paleo for about a year which also meant no alcohol no substance no caffeine exercise and yoga I was like I was militant with myself it was like yeah, yeah anything that might have been considered fun was also removed <laughs> it was just like I gotta get myself healthy yeah and so like I, I just created a, a huge amount of self-discipline had a journaling practice and connected with the wilderness and nature a lot and then uh, yeah I went to this randomly the yoga studio I was a member of it was just this sort of sign on the chalkboard she said breathwork and I was like Oh, cool, I'll go check that out.
0: I mean, if you've tried the Chinese massage, you're going to try breath work. Yeah, breath work. You're like, well,
1: what can this be? (laughs) Breath and work, two very familiar words put together. I'm like, I had no idea. So I turned up to this workshop, and um, it was really small. It was like five, six people there. And uh, the teacher was there, and uh, his name was Robin Clements. And uh, yeah, I I was kind of blessed that I had one of randomly had stumbled upon this breathwork class in my local studio with just six people. And here was this teacher who was like 20 years of experience and internationally renowned. And I had no idea. And there he was with his wife who was pregnant and they guided us on this journey. It was within about six minutes of practicing the technique that I started to feel sensations that I've never felt before in my life. And I started to feel this this tingling and power and then this contraction and numbness and then it turned into this terrifying journey. I was actually in a huge amount of of fear that came over my body and at one point Robin came over with this huge eagle wing and just fanned me down. I was like sweating through my shirt and just like huge like massive experience. It was fucked (laughs) and awesome and then I came out the other side of that that panting, that breath and uh, it was a combination of Reliving the fear of the avalanche and reliving um, high-altitude pulmonary edema, which I also had in Peru, which is another near-death experience. So I was like, you know, yeah, two near-death experiences in three months plus suicide. It was like it was a big transformational wow. time. That's it, incredible! Yeah. What an incredible story,
0: man! <laughs> yeah, There's it's been. It sounds like that the universe has intervened a few times with yeah, you. I think yeah, you, like you some strong
1: guidance, bro. <laughs>
0: if you're a cat, yeah, I think you're in your last yeah, yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm
1: definitely like three down. At
0: least three down, It's a a fascinating story, man. A really fascinating story. Um, It's a lot to process. But, I mean, it gives you a lot of... There's a lot of substance there, you know, that people will find a lot of value in your story. Yeah, thank you. People go through a lot of failures, such as things like your restaurant or things like that, or or going through traumatic experiences, like your PTSD through the, the avalanche or... Yeah, I think we all have our traumas at certain points in life, and yeah. we all get to the point where you step in front of a bus in Peru full of beer. Mm. Maybe not to that extent, but you know, it's similar mm. mindsets where you feel like, you know, I've, I've had enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. You and know what's in crazy that split as well? As as the sharing of it. Yeah. It's like sharing, <clears throat> like, it, there's this random piece that it still feels like you and I having a couple of beers, and it's exactly. just like, it, there's this amazing quality there. Where it's just like, this is probably going to be heard and seen by quite a few people, and yeah. that's awesome. And, but I've noticed when I share with people in this way, what, what can invariably come up is they'll share that they've had a similar experience or it does. they've been to the edge and they know where the edge is. And, and, and that's where the deep growth happening.
0: It does. I mean, I had, my own experience of this. I mean, I've got a lot of, there's been a lot of things and I've spoken about it kind um, openly about like my relationship with suicide and my family and stuff like that. Um, and it was a moment in Japan for me there was no rhyme or reason why I felt as low as I felt, but it was we were about six or seven months into full time travels. Yeah. And that is when I really realized and I vocalized the fact that I was depressed. Yes. I couldn't lift my head from the pillow. Yes. Um, and what I'd done at that moment in time, I was crying into the pillow, I was with Ivana. We were in Japan. Yeah. Absolutely no rhyme or reason to feel the way I felt. Yeah. I just got on my phone and I wrote in the notes exactly what I felt yes. and it just came out and it, it was like I think it was <laughs> like 8,000 words I wrote in that holy moment holy shit bro and I just in that moment I thought I'm going to put this in a blog post and I'm just going to publish it yes. and I published it and it felt like it was almost therapeutic I was terrified yeah. but it was almost therapeutic yes and then it's because it's like releasing your deepest darkest secrets and your fears and your shame because you feel you know you feel shame when you feel depressed especially when you feel you're not worthy of depression yes you know. Yeah. Well, uh, and I remember sharing this, and then the response we got was just it went it went viral. It basically went viral. Every like all my friends shared it, all my family shared it. I had people from my family, I had friends getting in touch, telling me things that they'd never told me before, yeah. opening up about things that I never knew that they had felt. From people who I thought were just strong people and would never have felt the same way that I'd felt. I had people from all over the world via Instagram sending me a DM, opening up about how they felt. Yeah, I've never really experienced cool. anything like that. Yeah. And I thought, it was at that moment, I thought, and I, it made me feel better. It was therapeutic sharing it, yeah. and then it was therapeutic people sharing their experiences yeah. back. And it was from that moment I thought, you know what, I've got something here. I can turn my pe- my pain into a pleasure, or I can share my pain, and it'll make other people feel better. Yeah. Beautiful. So i, I really, Understand. I love that reciprocity, yep.
1: that giving and receiving yes. and that, like, that, that invitation for others to share in that way. And I think mm-hmm. that, that really courageous opening and sharing mm-hmm. and getting in touch with the rawness of our own emotions, yep. you know, that's allowing other people to know that they can do the same.
0: But you, say you, you said the word normalize it, and that's yeah. the most important thing because yeah. it is a normal emotion.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I growing up in, in Southern England. It was like, you know, you know, children should be seen and not heard, which is the first one. So we, we're already trained to keep our mouths shut and not share. Emotions, thoughts, feelings, yeah and then, yeah, beyond that as well, getting into the spaces like the British stiff upper lip, you know, it was like considered to be good to be able to suppress and repress emotion. Yeah,
0: even then, now, I think a large yeah. part of the
1: UK, especially, that's still the attitude. Keep you calm know? and carry on. Exactly. It's like fuck, you gotta be kidding me. Like when yeah. you look at when that was coming about, yeah. like that people had to repress panic for being bombed, like during during those those <laughs> times, right, the Second World War. And that creates an imprinting culturally where, you know, the UK, especially like this idea that you just, you know, yeah, it's just not a big deal. It's not, yeah. well, you know, yeah. it could have, you know, and that's like, that's how to invalidate someone's traumatic experience. Yeah. You know, when someone's going through something, no matter how big or small it seems to us, it's, it's suffering. Mm-hmm. And we need to validate that. If you're getting syst- systematically bombed every night, <clears throat> it changes your, your lens of what normal is. You know, you just get used to suffering and it, it gets hardwired into your system. And that is not a way to live. No. And that's what I think. You know, we're all waking up to. Like, Hang yeah. on, there's another way. I don't have to feel this shit.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that our generation, I think we're you know by sharing these 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 thoughts and emotions, it's it's healthy. It's yeah. really healthy Got because it. I look at the generation above me where there has been issues, um, and it's it's not way. It shouldn't be that way. You know, it shouldn't be that way. You should you should be comfortable to be able to speak about how you feel, yes. regardless of how you yeah. feel. You know. Yeah
1: and then so there's a piece there for me about having the awareness to know how we're feeling Mm -hmm. and then having the skill set and language to be able to speak to that and then having someone else being able to receive that without needing to take responsibility for it so it's like I'm responsible for my own words actions and emotions and and so are you Mm -hmm. and I can hold space for you to just share those to me and receive it fully without needing to fix or change you Mm -hmm. it's okay for you to have your experience and I can sit and now part of what I do is I sit with people in their darkest discomfort and their most horrendous pain and I invite them to feel it again yeah. like and so like if I'm dealing with like a near, near drowning or supporting someone through a sexual assault they'll relive that emotional quality and I'll sit next to them and remain essentially calm and in my own rhythm of breath so that they can feel that and tether to it and they can relive that shit wow. and so that's you know wh- what we're doing is yeah we're normalizing it we're making it acceptable to feel everything and in doing so, we're freeing ourselves from holding on to that anymore.
0: That's powerful, man. That's very powerful. Um, let's just go back, let's talk a wee bit more about like the mental and physical sure. health connection. Yeah. Um, my example that I would use is just because it's one I'm familiar with is like when you have an, an anxiety attack and your body yeah. goes into like fight or flight mode. Yeah. Can you explain in your own words, like what is happening in that moment and what would be the best way to combat an, an anxiety attack that fight or flight mode?
1: Sure, thank you. So you touch on like the connection between like mental physical or body mind mm-hmm. and for me like it's really I, I enjoy like going through this idea that the body and mind are actually one so it's like there's no separation and so there's a couple of different ways to view this it's like the brain is in the body and the mind is in every single cell so when we think about it, like that's how I kind of like to think about it because the mind is also in the large intestine as an example creating serotonin so it's like conceptualizing that idea that the mind is in the head is I think part of the problem that we have in the west because the mind consciousness is in every single cell. Well, can I just course. say
0: this is the first time I've ever heard this but it yeah. makes 100% sense. Right. Yeah.
1: So so then it's cuz like I don't live here. I live here. Yeah. I live in every single cell of this body, but if I associate only with my brain, I'm not associating with the rest of my body and so it's like there's neck up approach to health. So like that the first thing is like this idea of like this is some of the teachings of, of BMC of body mind centering this is the work of Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen and it's about embodiment so it's about us n- recognizing that i am my stomach as well as my brain <laughs> so then i can actually like live from my pelvis and i think yes yeah, so anyway that, that's like one idea and then the other idea i like to seed in which is kind of fun is the idea of the, the medicine wheel which is I've, I've spent a lot of time sitting in circle and ceremony and sweat lodge with canadians with the the, the native elders. And they carry these amazing wisdom traditions. These are the first peoples of Canada, and they've been on that land, you know, since, since time immemorial. And, and the some one of the theories is that they came in through Alaska. And and that was they were the people that traveled down through North America, and that, that they stopped in Canada, because they didn't need to leave. And so these people were like, we found paradise. And so I, I've been honored to, to learn from these people. And I've learned a variety of their teachings including some of their great mystical traditions and, and some of their medicine ceremonies. And what I love is, is this idea of the four directions. And So they, they teach from this place of the four directions, which is a medicine wheel, and it's the idea of body, mind, emotions, and spirit. So they break the human, the being, up into four. So they say that we're a physical body with a mind that is capable of perception, sensing, and then also the, the feeling, the emotional quality moving through us which would be the endocrine system the glands and then the spirit they they define this as the observer so the spirit is the observer of all of those three so we can observe the body we can feel the body and we can can have a perception of that and we can witness thoughts and because we're witnessing the thoughts we're feeling the emotions and we're sensing the body, we are the witness so that moves us into the space of this highest self yeah. So that for me like really <clears throat> clearly defines spirituality. Okay. But at the same time I'm not saying I'm just this. I'm saying I'm also this physical form. Yeah. So then it's just like I am all four of those and in the Canadian tradition health would be defined as the balance of those four. So for me it's about where do we over accumulate? So when I look at someone that's maybe a CrossFit athlete, they have a tendency to be really strong in the body, but where are they not connected? Yeah. And for me when I had, you know, when I was unwell, I was not balanced within myself. It was because I was so in my head, so in my brain, in this whirring, that I wasn't actually in my body. And I wasn't connected to emotions, and I had no concept of what spirituality was, for me defining that as my relationship to all things. Okay,
0: so you think, so this is all linked to like, maybe an anxiety attack by being unaware of these things? Yeah,
1: exactly. So for me, anxiety is a, a lack of capacity to emotionally regulate. And maybe just a disconnect between the systems of body, mind, emotion, spirit, and maybe over accumulation in one of those that's, that's, you know, essentially over accumulation emotionally and a lack of awareness, physically, mentally, and spiritually anxiety being defined for me as like this pressure in the third energy center, which is our solar plexus. It's the, the space of our personal power. And it also the thymus gland is right here, which controls the rhythm of breathing. I find that most people with anxiety have a stuckness in their ribcage. Mm. And so invariably the diaphragm muscle is stuck. So physic, like people are going like, I've got anxiety and the doctors are prescribing them an antidepressant, which is gonna numb that. It's like, "Great, I've got a problem here, let's numb it. It's yeah, like, "Well, yeah. oh, fuck, we haven't really got to the root cause of it. So for me, when I look at someone, they come to me and they say, I've got anxiety. It's like, okay, cool. Let's look at your breathing. And when, as soon as we read their breath pattern, that, that pattern shows up again they're not activating the ribcage. So that's a consistent muscles, like, pattern that you see in anxiety. Almost, almost like 95% of the, of the clients that come in and lie on the table. I read the breath and it's the same. There it is. Stuckness in the third energy center and potentially holding in the throat. So like if someone's going to have a panic attack, they're not letting go of their exhale every time. So it looks like it's
0: just constant. Inhales.
1: And they won't, they want to go of their exhale and then it's like a, And then they'll gasp, <sighs> and they get stuck in this until it comes faster and faster. Right. So the gasp reflex feeds into a big oxygenation. Then they hold onto the carbon dioxide, create an imbalance in their bloodstream, which leads to a tension in the nervous system, which leads to another gasp reflex. Right. And so it's all right there. And so like we can we can literally read breath. And so I can I can lie someone on the table. Get them to link their breath up and then I can read their breath, and I can see where they breathe and don't breathe. I, with women, I can see if they've had challenge in trial, birth, or a sexual assault. They don't breathe into the pelvis. Right. If someone has a lot of control in their life, they're gonna hold their throat. If someone's not breathing through into their heart, they're either holding onto grief or heartbreak. So we can, we can read those patterns in breath.
0: That's fascinating. That's far, So what, it, would you, what would you say in terms, so if, if I was to just have an anxiety attack right now, what would be yeah. the best way to combat that in that moment? Is there like one specific way or?
1: yeah so like, it did, like if you were to do that in this moment right now like my response would probably vary depending on the severity right. I would like the essence is to enable you to self-soothe so the essence is in it to enable you to sit and be with it and actually guide yourself out of it
0: so just being aware of it
1: firstly like the first, first thing that I would probably do that you kind of already touched upon in, in an early, earlier story you shared is around this facial recognition mm-hmm. so you know that when you respond with panic someone else is going to panic so the first thing I'd do is if you dropped into an anxiety attack, is I'd maintain this, this expression of, okay. calm. of calm. So the first thing I'm going to do is regulate myself. Right. So if I connect my own breath and stay calm, you can attune to me. And then I'm mad at it. Yeah. 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 And so that's the first piece I'm going to do. The next piece is subtly your nervous system can sense me. So this is the idea of anchoring. If I start going into a high tone of panic and start smiling and being jovial and really excited, most people are going to come up with me. And similarly, if I start to slow down and calm down and soften my voice and slow down the space of my speech and start to slow, everyone's starting to get <laughs> fucking bored. Yeah, and yeah. so There's a quality of okay, like yeah. when we start to raise our own levels of awareness, we can start to actually bring people with us. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're starting to get anxious, the first thing I'm going to do is stay calm. I probably wouldn't react, you know. And yeah. then you'd like, I'm you know, just like. I just start using your name, speaking directly to you. I'd look at your responses and see where you're at. And then I'm going to start to like decide what my next actions are going to be. And maybe that I just coach you through it from right here, that that's going to be enough. And then like in that moment, you're self-resourcing. So the first thing I would invariably do is bring your awareness to your breath. Yeah. I'd watch your breath and I'd become aware of how it's moving and where, where are you holding and where is the tension and I invite you to become aware of that. And then release it.
0: So awareness of the breath is, is fundamentally the best way to deal, deal with an, an anxiety attack. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then staying in the space of the witness. An anxiety attack is invariably a panic response that wants to be felt again to get completed. Okay. So sometimes I'll guide someone into it even deeper, and then out the other side. Because right. it might be that they need to relive it in its fullness. And so invariably, breath work. What we're doing is we're actually triggering unprocessed emotional responses. Right. We're, we're like we're prodding people into something that they want may have to relive. So. I touched upon it, but my avalanche is an example. I actually relived that whole experience. So it was about four weeks after the avalanche. I went to see a specialist, a nervous system specialist, and they guided me through my whole experience again. And I relived it. I relived the breath, the movement, everything. I went to a blind panic. I sweated through my shirt. It was quite something. And subsequently, since then, I've noticed that if I guide people in certain breath rhythms, it starts to bring up old traumas that they may remember. I guided someone through a near drowning. That was probably one of the most vigorous experiences I've ever supported. And since then I've guided, uh, you know, and it's tragic to say but hundreds of women through reliving sexual assault and getting complete on it. And by complete, what we're doing is we're bringing out of the body in the lower brainstem, and we're bringing it up into the midbrain that remembers time. So when we have a big experience and we don't ever complete it, we don't go through a natural cycle of reliving it we think it's still running so with women they they, if they have a sexual assault and they never get to a space of safety they can't actually bring it out of their subconscious they've they've compressed it down because it's such a foul experience they don't actually want to to know that it's happened so there's a splitting or a separation that occurs and the same with any men with sexual assault as well yeah and so when they start to breathe into the areas that haven't received breath because they don't want to breathe or feel that space They start to re-embody and it starts to bring up those unconscious memories Mm. and so then they start to process those out and then they get their breath pattern changes they can suddenly feel their hips again
0: you feel like breath is one of the best ways to combat previous traumas yeah yeah
1: yeah so um Mm. the (laughs) for your listeners uh disclaimer (laughs) uh, (laughs) there's a lot of research into psychedelic assisted therapy going on right now okay and i don't know if that's anything that's this come across your, your, your podcast yet, or no. else. Uh, so you know I obviously can only speak from the clinical research that I've read about and, <laughs> and so um, there's a there's a lot of research and I've devoted a lot of my time to healing trauma um, as I kind of mentioned to, to be able to um, ultimately like, live again you know and live with joy and, 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 and ease and grace in my own life and so I've gone down all of these different paths to explore like what healing looks like in different cultures. And part of that's led me to the realm of, um, of, of plant medicines and psychedelic assisted therapy. And there's a lot of really um, beautiful research that's going on all over the world right now. Amsterdam's doing a lot of psilocybin assisted therapy. There's a MDA tri- MDMA trial in, in Canada right now in, in uh, UBC in Vancouver. And so, yeah, there's an exploration into how essentially when we create an altered state of consciousness, we can resurface all unprocessed emotion and traumatic material experiences and emotion that's actually still stored in our cells and tissues and a pattern that's still stored. And we can bring it to the surface, relive it, feel it all and then complete it. And so that's like, there's a a huge flood of research on the market right now that's quite fascinating as to how we can use something like psilocybin in a safe, contained way with adequate support to bring up those experiences and, and, and then complete them and of course I could never endorse any of those because they're mostly illegal all over the world and you can say whatever you want in this y- podcast yeah. <laughs> I guess we're in imbal- bot I don't You're know it's imbal- yeah. imbal- um, yeah, all on you I don't um, care yeah, so you can you see know, what you want and, then, and so like you know my journey's been like you know a, a winding one but the essence of it is what I found was that I could get the same results through breath work right, right. And what I found is that breath work can create the same altered states of consciousness as psychedelics. So what that means is I can get high from breathing. So <laughs> That's like, fascinating. yeah, so I can actually get as high as quite a lot of different substances
0: just by breathing. just
1: by breathing. So like I can spend, you know, one hour with a really nice soundtrack of music. And I can guide my breath in such a way that I'm eliciting a response from my glands that will actually change my state of consciousness. So specifically I can access the pituitary and the pineal gland and that's going to make me epically high. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of the reason why, um, yeah, I mean, I created this level of self-awareness and this capacity to change my own blood chemistry and, and that was like a revolution because oh. I was just like, okay, I, like, if I want to elicit these chemicals, like I'm, I don't know if you've ever had it, but you're standing in the middle of like the most epic, like drum embrace or rock concert. You're surrounded by 500 people and you're just like Feel loving no. it and you've got tingles running through yeah. your whole body. Now I can elicit that response in like eight minutes. And so then like, and I can do that like textbook, like, you know, and I've discovered the breath pattern to do that. Mm. And then the same with like DMT. DMT, which is the active ingredient in ayahuasca and um, some other interesting substances, um, you know, with my team in Canada and myself, we've elicited the breath response that releases DMT. So we know how to create that ourselves without taking a substance just by changing the rhythm of breath. So yeah, in, in that moment, we are basically changing blood chemistry, but we're also changing uh, how we can access our subconscious right. so we can surface this old traumatic material and feel it and relive it, and then let it go, essentially. You know? And by letting it go, I actually mean process it out and make yeah. sense of the story.
0: So is that why you've only got two beers in the fridge then? Yeah, just all you need is, I don't need to. You just, <laughs> need, you just need breath to get <laughs> yeah. high.
1: And they've been there for like months. So I've just been waiting for you to come over. That's a cheap <laughs> night out. Good excuse? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, segue in. my relationship with alcohol, as I mentioned, you know, I, I went cold turkey for about a year, and, yeah. and that was really important for me to just... Get to the depth of my dependence on that substance. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of had this like wavering relationship. And I what I came to realize is it's like sex. Like I took a, a vow of celibacy for some time. And uh because and by celibacy, celibacy I mean like nothing. Like nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean like the the Taoist the teachings of sexual kung fu. So there's a great teacher, Mantek Chia, and he talks about how to move sexual energy for men and women. And he speaks a lot about men. And I've got a a great teacher shout-out to Will Blunderfield, who's like a a dear friend of mine in Canada. And Will's this amazing uh, human who teaches men naked yoga and sexual kung fu. And so this is all about (laughs) how to move sexual energy, how to maintain an erection, how to have semen retention. And he's like, it's just like, the way he does it is just like so fucking out there. It's epic. And so anyway, I went through this process of just exploring like, how reliant I was on ejaculation to regulate my own system, and it was just like, wow, like uh, that. It was amazing to see how much I was addicted to. Yeah. You know. And then like that time in, in in Portugal, like when I was off grade on my own, it was just like, wow. You know, like there's no opportunity to get laid here. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm really gonna have to just be with myself. Yeah, me myself
0: and I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's
1: <laughs> like, wow, it's absolutely another whole another interesting exploration. Um, yeah. So like pretty fascinating to just get into all of these ways that we can move energy through our body mm. and do it in a good way and just explore that relationship with self. Mm.
0: Blunderfield and Dangerfield. That's quite a dynamic duo. and we've led
1: workshops and trainings and retreats together yeah. and it's super funny. Uh, and it is that. It's, yeah, I'd yeah. like to see
0: the posters for that Blunderfield and Dangerfield.
1: Yeah, I'll send you one. You should We're send me on one, one. From somewhere. I, him I, and, and he, like, he's a rad, just a rad seems like seems like yeah. an intriguing fella. Yeah, he really is.
0: Um, at what point... Did you, you know, doing all the, the self-medication? At what point did it become something that you actively wanted to use it to help others? Was there a, a defining point or was it just something yeah. like a natural progression?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a pretty steady and gradual approach right. and I was really mindful to do it like for the right reasons. Yeah, But it was more like, oh shit, like I can, there's, there's something here. You want it, to share it. Yeah, it yeah. started out with like, um, I started out as a training in, in what's called biofield energy healing which is just working with hands on and hands slightly off. So one of the, one of the modalities that most people may have heard of is called Reiki. And Reiki works on the premise that in the, like, yeah, here's the thing, it's my left brain logical coming through. Like everyone talks about like the spiritual woo woo and I'm just like, I just, I'm I'm too logical. I want to know why. I'm like, okay, so you're waving your hand over me and I can feel it's creating a change in me, but why? And so we got into this firstly, to understand is there's the highest concentration of nerve endings in the palm of the hand than anywhere else in the human body and the nerve endings when we focus on them we can actually like qigong is the practice of qi of cultivating qi and when we start to move our hands together and apart we can actually start to feel that there's a magnetism yeah i can feel it yeah and so if you keep doing that you actually start to cultivate that magnetism where you can actually get used to it so all of the listeners at home can start to move their palms in together and apart.
0: This is why I wanted the visual podcast.
1: Yeah, know. totally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to describe it. Oh, oh, yeah, but yeah, there you go. To yeah, And so like, so th- this, this is the, the cultivation of Qi and then we can start to move it like in a, in a ball as well. And you can start to feel mm-hmm. how you can actually start to create, it, and then you can start to move it mm-hmm. and, and just get used to it, Now you're in like street fighter, or sport, right? I do and so can- like, you know, it's coming out of China and that's the yeah. reason for it. We start to cultivate Qi. Yeah. So then we take that premise and we start to like place our hands over someone's body knowing that the hands are electromagnets, like technically are electromagnets. Yeah. And with consciousness, we can learn how to change the field, the electromagnetic field. Okay, so we can measure that now we can put a device up an a palm and we can get someone who's an experienced meditator and they can change the quality and tone of that electromagnetic resonance from their hand. So that's what we're training in Reiki. Now we have Western science, we know why. So before it was just mysticism, people would wave their hands over and they create a change in the field. But now we can actually start to measure that and we can actually start to train how to change the magnetic resonance. Yeah. So now we've got something that's measurable and we can start to like move the hands over the body where we can start to sense shifts in the field and we can start to move the energy around and we're creating neurofeedback. So the nervous system has nerve endings all over the body. When we hold an electromagnet over it, we're going to create change. So then a human working with a human can do that. So I started in that modality and it's super subtle. Like we're holding our hand up to like 60 centimeters off someone's body and we're feeling the vibrational magnetic resonance is being emitted from their nervous system. So this is like a a real nervous system technology. And yeah, it's just... It's a gradual process then. It's kind of started... then and I started learning from a lady who, who was my mentor and she started to teach me. And just every week we would connect and I would receive a treatment from her and then we would talk and discuss and then I would start to practice on her and then it kind of flowed like that and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then I started practicing on friends and I started seeing results and I was like, this is, this is cool. And then that was just gradual. I couldn't, I didn't accept money at that time. I didn't have the skill set or experience and it was just more of a practice and it was more of a curiosity and it was a really deep learning. Yeah. So that was like the first two years of practice was all about like study and exchange and I worked with some people over time and we saw really cool results. And I just still there was something missing. And it wasn't until that I went to that breathwork class and that kind of, I'd studied the nervous system. I studied trauma healing. I studied the work of like Peter Levine and and somatic experiencing and and like just reading up and working with different healers, Chinese massage, Chinese medicine, yogic philosophy, tantric philosophy. So I had all of these different spokes and then bam, here was the hub. And the hub was breathwork and suddenly it linked all of them together. And it was just like, wow, it all makes sense now. And, uh, and so I, when, I, when I discovered the rhythm of breath and how to move it in the human, it, it made everything come together and, and it had cohesion. And so then I was just like, all of this is great and useful and but breath is the key for me. That's like, so I, and then it was just this fascinating exploration. I was yeah. like delved into it. And then I just started spending an hour and a half a night meditating on my own breath. And exploring different rhythms and then starting to pattern it.
0: Okay. And then, so you went from the gradual build up to what I now see. I've done my research on you before I came, as always, just so I know who I'm, <laughs> who I'm talking to. Oh, shit. Uh, so I've got some things to talk about, you know. No, but after checking out your website, which yeah. is called breathworkballet.com, as yeah. we plug for you, Thank you bro. F- one of many we'll give you. Yeah. Um, after checking out your website, so you obviously went from, it started off a, Self medication, then you, you gradually started to practice on others. Now you've got this incredible business that goes under the umbrella of BreathworkBali.com. I noticed you actually have three different things on offer and yeah. when it comes to anyone who wants to experience you and what you do. And the first one is the clinic, which consists of one to one sessions with you. So, what exactly do these entail? Yeah, thank you. And while you do that, I'm just going to plug in the camera because I think it's running out of battery. So, I'll okay. let you talk.
1: Okay, right. sounds good, bro. Awesome. Yeah, so the in clinic, a one-on-one session um, varies depending on how long someone's going to book in with me for. But normally it starts where they'll come in and we'll start by just talking through, like, how do they have any breathwork experience, Um, and what their intention is for the session, what it is that I can help support them with, and then we'll sort, you know, depending on how much time we have, I need to make some judgment calls on how much how much time we're going to spend talking and how much time we're going to spend breathing invariably breath works more potent than talk therapy with me uh, because we're getting to the underlying cause of um, the emotional uh, qualities that are creating issues and dysregulation. So invariably, it looks like this. We'll talk for a bit. I'll invite the client to lie on the table. So we have like a massage table um, set up. And then I'll guide them in a meditation of breathwork for you know, however long the session might be. And then we'll talk again at the end to make sense of it. Okay. So that's, that's in, in short form, that's the session. That's one of my sessions. Yeah, and when someone's in a breathwork journey, it can look like basically anything. So it can be like, yeah, we can talk about it and they can be like, they can be really specific. They can be like, um, you know, I, I fell off my scooter four weeks ago, I banged my, my ankle, I've been to the physio, they can't help me, it's seized up and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. So, you know, there's a holding pattern in the ankle, the body's, in the nervous system, the body's creating tension, it won't release it because it still thinks it's under threat. So we'll drop someone into a guided breath, we'll change the blood chemistry, we'll take the, the DMN, the default mode network offline, So that's the area of the brain where we normally think and we normally process. Um, Basically, we're dropping their guard. We're making them super malleable. And then I'll re-pattern the ankle and the leg so that it knows it's safe. And then we'll bring them gently out of it. And then they'll find that they're able to move again. (laughs) So that would be like a session. That's that's like one example. Or we can have someone come in and say like, um, you know, I I just realized, it's just surfaced with me that uh, I was sexually abused as a child, right? And uh, I can feel it in my body, and I want some help and support unpacking that. And I'll be like, okay, great. So this is now going to be a therapeutic relationship, and we're going to work with each other, you know, over the course of weeks. And a lot of it here in Bali, Jamie, is all about like, how long do I have to work with this person? How long are they here for? And then just how do I best serve them? Um, so it might be that someone's here on vacation, and they're going to have like, uh, I'm going to have like a two hour session with them. So I'm going to like, okay, like I have to as a as a as a practitioner of breathwork, I've got two hours with someone I need to make a real assessment on their level of support that they have after this so it's like who are you traveling with where are you staying what do you do for work where do you live how what's your relationship like with your family any close friends with you here that's a lot in terms. yeah so yeah. right there I need to make an assessment how stable is this person yeah but beyond that also like what are the support and resources they have after this session because breath works like as, as you know, we kind of established the most powerful tool for trauma yes. surfacing and recovery. And so I want to know that like, is this a one off or is this something that is this a journey and a path they're continuing on? And it might be that I live here. Um, I'm a CEO of a corporation. I've got, uh, I'm really well financed. I'm living well. And, but I have this major issue and no one's been able to help me with it. And I'm like, cool. You're in the right place because, breath work's going to the root cause yeah. of whatever problem it is that's someone I'm probably going to work with over a series of weeks mm-hmm. and we're going to go really deep like I love working with people that have hit a wall and hit a barrier they've been like I've done everything and I'm like you haven't done this <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we can alter your blood chemistry with breathing yeah. you know we're going to get you high you yeah. have not done this and yeah. so like and, and I also love working with people that are total like skeptics they're like oh yeah, it's just yeah. breathing and I'm like those are often the ones that have the biggest experience because yeah. like yeah it's just breathing and yeah. then so just you enjoy like, that challenge then yeah I just I enjoy that like miracle because yeah. it's a miracle that their perception shifts yeah because invariably what happens is they're like I did that it's like they realize that yeah. that's their power yeah
0: it's like someone saying oh, I, I don't believe in hypnotism and they get yeah. up on stage and the next minute though they're, they're doing funny dances <laughs> yeah, and, Totally. Uh,
1: well there's a great parallel there because we are working with a, a certain style or quality of hypnosis, hypnosis mm. as well they're self-hypnotizing okay with the breath yeah but yeah i love like people are, and, and and i love working with men as well like type a men who are like you know there's we, we kind of touched upon it but this whole stigma around like going to a counselor or going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or any of those modalities like I still think for most of us men like for me it was it was a challenge to reach out to someone and so I'm a man who's doing breath work who's focusing on lung capacity so if I frame it like that guys can come and see me they're like yeah I'm an athlete I want to come in and increase my lung capacity and we keep that we keep that rapport going on until they lie on the table and and then they start to pull their eyes out and it's just like awesome great thank you for releasing this emotion because this is what's been causing your, your. dysregulation of your system this idea that you can't actually express mm-hmm. and then you know it's a safe space there's you know total confidentiality and and they feel then they just come back because you know they're working on their breathing as opposed to working on and this is a great thing about breath we don't have to tell a story we just need to remove the emotion
0: yeah and well, they sound the the one it one not and the sessions they sound very powerful very powerful but I got into the second offering that which you have on your website and yeah. they very lovely website and it's it goes under the guise of training yeah. which I assume is you're actually teaching people how to become breathwork teachers themselves
1: yeah thank you so um, it was kind of it came about it was like it was one of those really beautiful cases where I started having a lot of clients that wanted to know more and this is when I was back in Canada two years ago and they started to be like I, I want to know more about this what are you doing how's this working and and their their thirst for knowledge and information and and their desire to to even like you know dive deeper started me on a path of wanting to share these more and so um coming back to robin clements robin um he became a dear friend of mine and we started to to actually teach he invited me to support him in his teachings and so i started to show up and, and and watch him and learn from him directly and i continued in that way and i continued learning and supporting from him and so Last year I had the honor of, um, of, of teaching uh, basically one of his entry level modules to a group of people, and we then took those people to one of his next levels of training. And then once they would completed that, I made a decision that I wanted them to learn more of the science and more of the sort of the depth of, of the trauma awareness that I had. So I took a group of students then through uh, a, a more in-depth program, and I started training them in, in how to recognize the signs of trauma. And how that moved through the body, and how to get complete on that. So right now in Canada, there's um, there's about 12 practitioners that I've trained that are working. And part of that was like a legacy piece. Like it was like I I had this really shitty experience of you know avalanche, alcoholism, anxiety, depression, near suicide, and then this huge awakening to the truth of who I am and what I am. And then I was just like. I had all these amazing clients in Canada and I decided to move to Bali. And I'm like, oh shit, like, I, I, I want someone to support them. And yeah. so the best thing to do was I had these clients who were coming through who were really inquisitive and brilliant. I was like, okay, well, I could, I could train them. And so I decided to hand over the teachings in the best way that I could. And so I moved over here in October and in, in September with my friend, Jen Field. Her and I, we co-hosted this, this retreat training and we, we train these practitioners with, we basically gifted them everything that we knew yeah. in, in like a, a very condensed experience. Yeah. And so that's the training and, and that's now evolved. Um, Jen, actually, she flew here with another friend of ours, Carmen. So Jen, Carmen and I, we've, we've actually started a school. We have created our own school with our own curriculum for breath work.
0: That's so cool, man. And
1: it's trauma-sensitive yeah. clinical breath work. So what we're doing is we're taking, we're taking what we know to be true about the the neuroscience, the endocrine system, and Western science—all of what we know about trauma awareness—and we're packaging that up with breath work and then we're we're, we're training people. So uh, the school is called Vayu, V-A-Y-U-U, Vayu, and it, it it represents the word wind um, in uh, in the in the yogic traditions. And so what we're doing is we're training people to understand the, the inner rhythms of the wind, the breath that's moving within us. And so yeah, we've what we've done is we built a curriculum. It's 400 hours. So it's one of the the longest and in-depth breathwork trainings in the world. In the world. Yeah. And it, it is unique in as much as well. It's unique that I'm teaching it. But it's unique <laughs> that it's trauma sensitive. Yeah. So we're, we're really bringing this lens of really understanding, you know, the trauma from the Western lens. And yeah, right now, we we've made a mandate to train 14 practitioners only per year. So that's so that we can. We it's can, all about quality, not yeah, just like pumping totally. people through it. Exactly. Like it's not
0: money making it. Uh, yeah. That is, it's, it's, all about, it's all about the quality, making sure yeah. people are doing it's the right things. Totally. So yeah. here's
1: the thing like, we talked about clinic. Well, my clinic's fully booked. Yeah. And like, it, it, I'm really abundant. I'm really super supported. And so, yeah, it's about, for me, like, it's all of the motivation of this is like, these teachings are really powerful. Like this how, is your legacy, basically. Exactly. Yeah. How do I give them to people and offer them to people in the best way that I can? and in the safest way that I can because it's irresponsible of me to, to teach someone this technique without all of the parts that go around it for support, for understanding the why and making sure people are complete and safe in it. So, yeah, that, that's kind of like we've made a mandate to keep the training small, intimate, to have this group that comes through that starts to interconnect with each other so that when they come out and they're qualified, they actually support each other. And so this is a totally different paradigm. It's like a circular paradigm, it's not a pyramid. And then once they're trained, we work alongside them. So we we then, we mentor them like consistently through that program. And then the, the aim is that they then become junior facilitators and they start to help train with us. So the first wave that we're bringing through in 2020 are gonna be, we'll become our junior facilitators. Yeah. And then as the years go on, they'll become our senior facilitators. And our, and our prayer is that we can steadily and organically grow the school and continue to share these teachings with you know people who are really uh following this way so that must be really excited with that it is super exciting and you know it's amazing jamie because before i would have been like yeah let's grow and expand and now i'm like yeah 14 years take it slow organic yeah. yeah and steady and it's just like i've I've lost that need to rush it's almost like you're in reliving
0: life. your restaurant days but with a new mindset of living in the woods in Portugal and oh, standing in front of a bus yeah. and all these kind of things you know yeah
1: it's the middle way yeah. so you know what I notice is the inhale which is expansion yang do let's go fire and the exhale which is the feminine relax soften chill those are in balance in my life now because they're in balance in my own breathing they're in balance in life so how I'm growing this business is also how I'm living it's like with clear intention, love, passion and integrity and purpose and at the same time this deep sense of trust and flow that like, it's already done. Yeah. Like I know we've already built the school. I yeah. can visualize it and see it very much like us sitting here with the podcast yeah. you, you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. And then when you do, you relax into it. You send me a message on Instagram, it's like, yeah, sure, come on over, have a beer and let's chat. Yeah. And I love that way now. Yeah. That's like, that's how things manifest organically as opposed to like pushing, pushing or forcing.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree um well i'm very excited for you man i wish you all the best with that thank you yeah bro. i'll be yeah. i'll be checking in um yeah on the progress and uh, you will need you'll need to keep me updated yeah, yeah for sure. that'll be cool maybe we'll get the second part to this maybe at your your new your new place and yeah totally you know, like a follow-up series
1: yeah it'd be super fun yeah <laughs> that'd be what, really cool shifted and changed yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be really be, cool be
0: but the third offering I noticed you had was workshop as well. Yes. Which I assume you hold here in Bali. Yeah. Um, so what is involved in the workshops and what should people expect to gain from them?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, we just did one last night. So invariably every Wednesday that I'm in Bali, I run a workshop. Uh, and I work, right currently I'm working out of a space called Zin. Zin is where we actually That's where we first met, met yeah, yeah. yeah. So just next to that room that we were in, there's now a beautiful um, Fitness space, okay. so it's a wide open room and it's got a padded, soft padded floor. Um, and so I I rent that space for three hours and I do a three hour breath work offering and journey on a Wednesday night, six thirty till nine thirty. And and so I, I teach in the Canadian Canadian Native way, which is in circle. So instead of me being at the front and everybody looking at me, I sit in a circle in the recognition that I am equal to everybody so this is this idea that everybody has a voice and we share yeah. so whilst I'm bringing through offerings and teaching someone else we can also share and everybody's voice is important so I love this way of circle and ceremony and it's the way of council yeah. and, and you know just a slight segue when we think about like how we lead our countries in the west our political system is set up of like one opinion and the other opinion and they fight and they don't get anything done and the native Canadian way is to sit in circle and to hear everybody and that everybody has an equal voice and so it's a different way of navigating and communicating and making decisions for the whole mm-hmm. where everybody's needs are met. So anyway, my workshops we sit in circle and the format is 3 hours. The format looks a bit like I kind of I get everyone to walk around first. So we orientate into the room and the space and we orientate to each other and that kind of breaks the ice. And then we sit down and I actually then describe the format because <laughs> some people really need to know. Yeah. Some people have this like thirst of like I need to feel safe and how is this gonna look for me so it's like okay well this is a three-hour workshop I'm gonna define what why breathwork is important how we breathe the mechanics of breathing how it impacts the body I then describe the technique I then invite someone up to demonstrate the technique on them so we can all see it in real time then we take a bathroom break then everyone comes back in we do a Q&A we share an intention And then they lie down and I guide them on a breathwork journey for about an hour and a quarter to an hour and a half. So they're like breathing rhythmically for an hour and a half, which is just this wild journey that looks basically like a bell curve. So we start slow and then things start to get like a little bit exciting. And then we get up to this peak of intensity. There can be vibration and tingling and all sorts of magical sensations. And then we kind of wind down the other end and move into relaxation. And then there's a good like 30 minutes of like deep rest and relaxation to integrate all of this.
0: So it's almost like a gym class where you you do the warm-up, you get into the intensity, and then you do the cool-down. Totally. And
1: for the nervous system, that's really important, right? So we we need activation, we need stimulus. It's the same as a yoga class as well. It's the same way it's designed. And then you have like a deep shavasana at the end. That allows it all to set into the body and relax. And at the end, we all share. So we go around in the circle, and each person shares their experience. And it's just like, you know, people will be like, yeah, you know, it's just like, I just cried. I cried for an hour haven't cried in like six years and yeah. I just really needed to cry and that was amazing and wow I feel so much lighter and some people are like oh, I was visited by the spirit of my grandmother and she told me that everything's <laughs> going to be okay and that I can I can let go and and I'm supported by her and she's watching over, over me and I'm like that what people share is amazing and you know that's valid and real in their experience yeah. and some people you know they're like they're visited by like spirits from you know out of you uni- out of space and I'm like Hey, sure, if that was your experience, I totally believe you. That's not ever something I've ever experienced, yeah. but that might be yours, and yeah. that's cool. And then, you know, some people are just having these amazing physical experiences where, like, they're having abject pain and, and they're moving through that. And then some people are doing, like, all sorts of contortions and twists and movements and they're adjusting their spine. And it's just, and I'm standing awesome. in the middle of it, watching it all and, and supporting people. And yeah. yeah. So this, last night there were four of us on the team facilitating. We had 16 people breathing. That's the ratio that I like to. To, to, to breathe to yeah, one to four, so one to four. Mm. and that feels really safe for me yeah and you know there's a quality of breathing in a group where people support each other one person crying is is really triggering another person over here who's then bringing up that emotion and that brings up like you know them when they were young they heard their brother crying and there's nothing they could do about it and it brings up all their emotion and they start to cry and then someone over here starts to make a big owing noise and it's just beautiful, like, to see this amazing wisdom that, that is coming through the circle and how we heal together in, in a group in that way. Yeah. And then, yeah, after the sharing, um, yeah, we just do a little Q&A. I tell people, you know, how they can best support themselves and then, you know, any, any future events that we've got coming up. And, and we're building a community. I'm seeing the same faces week by yeah. week. Yeah. and that's super cool
0: and then we tell telling the friends and then we tell telling the friends yeah, and,
1: and then those people are the people that want to train here in Bali yeah. and so then that's the next step is going to be running trainings you know potentially running trainings here in Bali yeah. for me I don't I, I want to train people who come here and show up and who I develop a rapport and relationship yeah. with I am I have a sense of responsibility to, to guide them
0: they're a reflection of you thank so, you yeah. yeah
1: and if they're going to say they've trained with me I want them to carry these teachings in a good way yeah so if someone's going to use my name and say they've trained in my school, I yeah. need to be sure that they're operating responsibly and with integrity. And yeah. so that's that's this idea of you know, giving giving blessing in that way. Yeah. Um, and also like seeing that people are ready. Like I really want to support people in yeah. you know, moving into it. Like, some people are fired up for this. And it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah <laughs> I can imagine. Let's do this.
0: But imagine y- your workshops are like the perfect way f- for anyone who just wants an introduction to it or a bite-sized version of it or if anyone's skeptical of it, it's a great way to come along and you right. know, make a, an informed yeah. judgment, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the piece around it. It's like, here's the thing, like, you know, like business marketing, like it's all about the funnel, right? So it's like, we have Facebook and Instagram ads. Then we have the circle, which is like $50. Like people, are, if they're curious and interested, they're going to spend 50 bucks. They're mm-hmm. going to come along. It's three hours. It's like, it's low risk. After that they're going to sign up for a retreat and after that they're going to become a practitioner. Yeah, And it's just like the most amazing business model yeah. and it, and it's just like super steady and it feels great. And we're helping support people to heal, you know, all sorts of emotional dysregulation, trauma and anxiety in a really good way. Breast free. And once you learn the technique, you've learned it for life. Yeah, I mean, it's just like ultimately to become a practitioner is like a, one, it's a, a total of one year, 400 hours. Very inexpensive for the skill level that you have, and what you can then practice in clinic, yeah. and the rate of returns epic. And, and you can
0: adapt it to your everyday life y- yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, and even if you want to, you know, you
1: want to, you know, open a restaurant. You know, yeah. if I had breathwork when I was a restaurant owner, I wouldn't have burnt out. Yeah, I just didn't have the skill set. And so I see, like, for entrepreneurs, CEOs, anyone that's like wanting to be a creative, having at least the fundamentals of breathwork is an amazing gift you give yourself.
0: Mm interesting so you don't necessarily need to take your teacher training or anything like that just to be a breathwork coach you could do it if you want to be as you say a restaurant owner or an athlete or anything you can apply it to absolutely anything
1: yeah and I've worked with you know professional skiers and mountain bikers when I was living Mm -hmm. in in Whistler in BC in Canada it's a big ski and mountain bike resort and I've worked with professional athletes simply to improve nerve responses and functions subconscious programming and lung capacity and rates of rest and recovery and resilience in the nervous system and then I love working with like CEOs, creatives, entrepreneurs—those guys who have got blocks in business—they can't solve the problem with more thought. They need to transcend their vibrational frequency and and their own personal level of consciousness to be able to create the solution. And the way that they do that is is by altering their brain state, by altering their blood chemistry, by changing their breathing. So they go into these epic states where the DMN, the default mode network, is taken offline, which is the same as doing psychedelics. So the brain has shifted and changed in such a way that they can get totally high and in that moment they get clarity and then they come out of it and they write down all of their business ideas and yeah. they've solved like a year's worth of problems and it's epic to witness okay. and then there's so much value in buying for them yeah of yeah. course
0: must be and very fulfilling for you as well yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: It's just like, i mean that, yeah. that's the piece as well i think you know like sure i can say like i'm trying to help support the world but i'm really not like it's yeah. just all about <laughs> <laughs> i knew it i knew it i just want to go into work and just feel like that level of stoke and of that course. level of joy and, and then you know
0: your work should be fulfilling in some way shape or form That's right? what you it's where you spend the majority of your life
1: yeah and yeah. so like this idea that we do something that sucks or that we're doing it because we should or to pay the bills it's just like that doesn't work for me and so yeah i also as you can see from my house like i, I live in a pretty chill way and so I, I love simple things like surfing for me is such a gift and, and I feel that I'm so wealthy because I get to surf for an hour and a half two hours and go out for breakfast go into clinic you know work at a full day of clinical practice and then go to the spa in the evening and, and have a sauna and a cold plunge that's like I'm feeling so nourished yeah. in all areas you got a rich man yeah. just for that for that yeah. totally and it just happens that I'm also like really well compensated for the work that I do because people really love it yeah. so yeah. That's now an opportunity to pay that forward in, in the in the way that we run trainings and retreats and the offerings there that we that we do and how we can, you know, pay forward and, and even support some people that want to come through our trainings in that way financially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting, man. Very interesting. But I mean, I know for a fact that there's a there's a a substantial amount of the audience that watches or listens to this podcast, they're not actually here in Bali. I mean I've looked at the analytics. There's people in Malawi and all sorts that listen to this, which is really cool. But the largest part of the audience is usually between the US, but mostly um, the UK. Yeah. So obviously, not everyone in the UK will have access to ballet. Is there any resources online that you could point people towards to find out maybe a wee bit more about breathwork? Or sure. Yeah.
1: So it's worth mentioning. There's very different styles of breathwork. Yeah. Um. And so some breathwork. There's some breathwork techniques out there that are kind of more like the yogic tradition of pranayamas. So they're like, they're prescribed. So it's like inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. And that's called a box breath. And a box breath is a really regulating calming breath. It's regulating the inhale, the hold, the exhale and the hold at the bottom. And so we can build that from four to five to six to seven to eight. We can do inhale for eight. Anyway, it really calms and grounds and presences us. So that's a prescribed technique. The style of breathwork that I teach is, is not using the conscious mind. So what we're doing is we're actually inviting a, a trance state. And so I never teach this in any other way than in, one, than in person. Okay. So uh, I never recommend it to anybody. Okay, no, that's fair to, enough. To yeah. that. yeah. So if someone... So when we say like breath work, there's a variety of styles of breath work. Specifically, getting in touch with your breath is amazing. There's lots of different online platforms that are are fantastic and I'll be building one later in the year specifically for some coaching of the breath. The technique that I'm talking about is called conscious connected breathing, CCB. Most practitioners will only ever teach it in person. That's kind of a vow that we've all made to ourselves to do it safely. The
0: magic circle.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple (laughs) of people who do it online that I can't... Endorse okay. Uh, I don't believe but that's it. good to know because yes. be
0: aware of false prophets, you know. Thank you. I don't yeah. believe it's safe, yeah.
1: You know, it's like it, this is a this is an I, I wouldn't attempt to guide someone on a, on a psychedelic journey without being near them, yeah. you know. It's like I wouldn't put on Skype, Technology's technology is amazing, but I wouldn't put on Skype or you know, WhatsApp and then invite someone to take mushrooms and watch them go through all. Or amazing amounts of misery yeah. and sit on the other end of the, of the camera and think that I can support them, like that, that's not real it's so dangerous it really it is so yeah. teach for me like you know my perspective for what it's worth is you know teaching the style of breathwork online is is unethical and irresponsible so that's really good to know
0: that's really good yeah. to know because if I hadn't addressed this someone might I went and googled I'm interested in breath but I'm in the UK. I don't have access to Bali. I want to find out more yeah. and they may have went down the wrong path. So it's, it's sure. really important to know, you know
1: that. And that might've been the right path for them to yeah. discover that that's not right for them. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the people are obviously teaching this for a reason. They think, yeah. they think in their mind that it's the best way to share it and that's okay. Like if that's what they're doing, great. I can, you know, bring up a number of valid reasons as to why it's, it's actually really not supporting the client mm-hmm. beyond that. Yeah. So, okay. Circling back to your inquiry if someone's in the UK and they want to discover specifically conscious connected breathing, I know there are some practitioners in London. I make a point of only ever recommending someone who's breathed me. Right. So if someone hasn't worked with me, I don't know how good they are. So I'm never going to recommend them. Yeah. So that's it. So I can recommend like all of my team in Canada, Um, again
0: your recommendations are a reflection of you you you. people who you teach are a reflection of you totally and so
1: I I fully endorse those people when it comes to people in in the UK who I Mm -hmm. haven't worked with I don't know if there's any breath workers in the UK (laughs) who want an endorsement I have so many clients who are looking for breath work in London who are coming through Bali so like
0: this is a perfect opportunity for someone who, who's maybe in the UK to yeah. come and learn from you. Please. And then go back to the UK. Yeah.
1: And similarly, any breath workers that are in the UK that yes. you know, want a plug or some endorsement or me to feed them clients who I've worked with here who have been exposed to what I do. Yeah. And, if, and if we're aligned enough or any breath workers that are operating at a high level that want to up level and get to the next level of, of understanding the nervous system. Because yeah. I'm super, super precise and clinical with my breathwork. If anybody wants to learn that like reach out come over here let's build a little course for you and maybe a couple of friends let's get everybody at a really high level and then and then let's continue to share these teachings in the best way that we can with, in, with integrity
0: it's like the Bali breath walk franchise
1: that's 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 <laughs> potential <laughs> so yeah some some steps down the line yeah. is um i am working with uh with the clinic i work in we, we, we're starting to formulate this idea of building a, a breathwork school here yeah. so that would be a custom facility
0: that's really exciting uh, and we
1: would actually train indonesians yeah. alongside with foreigners um and so that would be an opportunity to f- I, I really believe in so like yeah i grew up in the uk my dna my heritage is all, is all english i moved to canada and i became a visitor to that land and it gave me a different perspective and i recognized i was also a visitor to the uk but i didn't realize so I have this perspective that I'm always a visitor. Yes. And in that way, I always tread lightly with respect to the people of that land. I don't have a right, I don't have an entitlement to anything, it's a gift. So when I'm here, I'm very mindful of how I'm operating in the community. So part of that is recognizing that again, I'm a visitor to Bali and I feel that the welcome is huge from the locals here. And what I'd really like to do is create reciprocity. They've invited me in and welcomed me and they're supporting me here. How can I support and return back to them? So part of that now is, is I have if there are any Balinese people here who are listening, yes. who would like to train in breathwork, reach out because that's now my next step is to actually train some some Balinese practitioners. Yes, yeah, who can start to share the teachings into the community. Yeah, I
0: think that's very important to give back, especially yeah. here in Bali, because the Balinese people have given up so much. It's very important to be mindful of them and to give back. So that's that's yeah. really important. Yeah, we're yeah. in a relationship
1: with them, right? And yeah. it's you know I recognize you know there's, there's so many teachings around white privilege and. You know, I'm a, I'm a white male who grew up in a, in a fairly affluent family and went to a private school, which was horrifically traumatic for the record and we won't go there. Right. But anyway, like that's the idea that, I mean, like I have more than someone else, which is a total like fallacy yeah. um, for a start. And, but I do have a, a worldview and I have a lived experience that with that for me comes a sense of responsibility that I, I, I know certain things about the human body and the human experience and my relationship to nature. That i want to continue to live in, in a way that respects and honors that yeah and part of that is how can i help support you know other people in awakening and awakening to the truth of how to live in harmony with self and other yeah and, and environment so yeah i'm really stoked to, to train some 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 Balinese people in these teachings and then to integrate them into a clinic space where they can have you know a really good way to to support people who are visiting this money create a really good a good income and support their families and then take these teachings into community and run community circles, and that's the way that we'll be able to sp- spread this t- teaching into community and then from community to community. Yeah. So creating these Balinese community leaders for breathwork is kind of my my next step in the next kind of year.
0: That's that's exciting. That's yeah. really exciting, man. It's really cool to be able to be able to give back to the people that you know have provided for so, yeah, yeah, you. So as you say, see. being a visitor is. Yeah. Yeah, they've made the the Balinese people ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time make us all feel very welcome. You know they're beautiful people, so that mm-hmm. that will mean a lot to them as well. The fact that you yeah. give them, you know, and you pay it forward with karma and stuff like that as well, yeah, which is very amazing. important to the the Balinese people. They swear by karma as if it's a religion. So yeah. if you can get some good karma from the Balinese, then you're doing the right thing. And yeah. um, so the next point is being an expert of the mind, body, and soul. I am fascinated what is your day-to-day routine in terms of the breath or like what do you incorporate into your day-to-day routine? What would you not go without doing in terms of like when you wake up? Are there certain things that you must do or not do and stuff yeah, like totally.
1: that? Thanks, bro So I like, I used to be like <laughs> I used to be like uh like protocol jail. It was just like I, I was so strict with myself. Yeah. And I was really needed to create healthy boundaries with myself and good good regulation of my systems. Um, so now I have a little bit more leniency with myself. I have a little bit more flexibility and I have a little bit more kind of tolerance. So like my windows aren't like, I can drink a beer and everything's fine. You know? yeah. I'm not going to then go and like smash 10, more. <laughs> but there was a time where I didn't have that. I couldn't yeah. just stop at one. And so that was a, a deep learning. as an example. So, uh, yeah, my daily rituals right now, a work day is pretty structured. So, um, depending on if the surf, <laughs> so my, my morning ritual is usually I'll, I'll get up at 6am and the first hour of my day is mine in as much as like I'll spend one hour doing breath work. So that's either breath work or movement. I have a variety of different protocols in the morning. So it might be my Qigong m- movement rituals. It might be just focused breath. So that's going to be like, uh, I'll, I'll do like a breath of fire or like, you know, just a, a certain movement of breath that's going to regulate my system. So I have a one hour breath routine and if I'm in clinic and I'm not surfing, that's what I'm going to do. So 6 a.m. I'll wake up. I'll either go surfing for like an hour and a half in the morning, first thing, empty stomach on like a litre of water. And then I'll have breakfast. And then I'll check my emails and be in the clinic at 9 a.m. i work 9 until 12.30. At 12.30, I drive up the street to the spa. I do 15 minutes in the sauna and 5 minutes in the cold plunge. I then eat a vegetarian meal it's super light. And then I do 10 minutes of conscious connected breathing in my clinic room. And then I have another client at one. 30 so that's my one hour lunch break and it's like full system reset it's
0: quite regimental then like, super yeah. regimental yeah. yeah
1: and then and then um from 1:30 until 5 i have three more hours of clinic time at five o'clock i finish and i go straight back to the spa again and i do about 45 minutes to an hour of, of um hot cold therapy yeah. with meditation and then i finish and then normally it kind of depends um where I'm out there I'll probably I might see a friend for, for dinner um, it might if I'm low energy or if I need introspection I'm going to have dinner and then maybe have a massage yeah because they're like crazy and expensive here sure I'll have a massage for like the equivalent of 10 Canadian dollars yeah well, and then I'll just crazy. come home journal and then I'll do a short meditation before I read a spiritual text and go to sleep there's no Netflix in there sleep for eight hours <laughs> so yeah I haven't had a television in about 8-9 years oh see, and really and I don't own a Okay. So uh, I run my business off my phone, which I love as technology. Really. I I just have I have now I have um, two two people who support me in my business. So one basically is my photographer and Instagram brand manager for Breathwork Bali, and another one is a business consultant who runs all of my um, focused targeted ads and looks at my metrics. What's his name is that?
0: Anthony. Yeah. I know Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, I know Anthony. Yeah. Shout so out to huge, Anthony. Huge plug for Anthony. Big Anthony, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's an amazing, he's an amazing uh, wizard when yes. it comes to supporting me in my business. And he, he basically ensures that the people that are interested in my work get to see what it is that I do. Yes. And he connects us together. So yeah. I have a skill set. We have a great customer base out there that wants to meet me. And he puts us together on social media in such a way that they can then come and meet me in person at a, at a workshop. Yeah. So that's kind of a...
0: And who's the other person? It's not Daniel Montaigne, by any chance? Yeah. There you go. I know everyone here. I don't okay, know what they, so they say. Daniel Montaigne. <laughs> yeah. So those
1: two, those two are, are rad, and, and I, I met them both early in all of our Bali experiences, and we're growing, we're growing Breathwork Bali together, um, and uh, they've, been, they've been amazing. If anybody yeah. wants, uh, like if anyone's Bali-based and wants a, a just a rad social media marketer, Daniel Montaigne's amazing for yeah, content Yeah, she's a good change. person. And then Anthony gets the content in front of the people that want to see it and need to see yeah. it, So as a, as a duo, they're amazing. So yeah, I don't own a computer and
0: we're getting good times there. You're having good times. I mean, mean, it's like amazing.
1: So this is the thing about Bali, right? I mean, (laughs) here, I used to own a restaurant. I love to cook. I haven't cooked in four months and that's like unheard of. I've eaten every single meal out, and the reason is it just does not make sense for me to cook here. Yeah, it's
0: just cheaper to eat out, and the food, the standard of the food here is just uh, incredible. That's just it. So yeah. it
1: frees up probably an hour and a half of my day mm-hmm. to do other things, and it's the same with Netflix. Like, no I interest watch Netflix. It's no. Just like, no. I mean, like, I'll I'll speed read books. Like, I usually read like a book a week. So, I uh, I mean, like, and yeah, that's been an amazing process. But there's just things I would prefer to do. You know, like hearing people's stories. Like there's so many fascinating yeah. people in Bali, and like I'm bumping into them all the time. And I'm just like, I'm not like going to Amo Spa and sitting in the sauna and talking to some of the people in there.
0: Is that your Netflix?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And it's amazing the people I meet. They're just yeah. fascinating individuals that are doing such such awesome things. Yeah,
0: everyone's got a story here. I must admit. It's unreal. Yeah. So yeah. for
1: me, yeah, that's kind of it. So those are my protocols on my days that I I work. Uh, and then on my days off. Um, I generally Sunday I won't schedule anything Mm -hmm. and I just keep it wide open and I need that it's like a buffer of like if even if I scheduled anything I feel like I've got something to do yeah and it's like the not doing is essential Monday uh yeah like maybe see some friends cruise just chill maybe go on a little surf trip jump on the scooter rip off it you know and, and just spontaneity as well and then Tuesday at 6 a.m. I have a conference call with my business partners, Jen and Carmen in Canada for the school. Okay. So we do that every Tuesday. And then I usually do some business development on Tuesday. So I, t- I have three days off a week, but the Tuesday is about business development. Okay.
0: Is that like ref- reflecting on what's happening and yeah, some plans to totally. at attack?
1: Yeah, just like di- direction for that. And yeah. like you know the to-do list, following my emails, like any sort of like client, client follow-ups that I need to do. If someone's reached out, someone needs some support, mm-hmm. I'll generate some Facebook posts. Maybe I'll write a blog. You know, I'll think about, you know, just what's going on in life and the direction that we're headed. What were some big wins? What do I need to do better for the following week? Yeah, that's sort of, taking a full day to do that. And this is the thing, like, as a practitioner in this work, having a five-day work week doesn't work. For me, what I recognize is I can do four days of of the clinical work, and then I need a day for all the other stuff. Yeah. And then two days off. And sometimes that day for all the other stuff, I just have another day off. Okay. yeah do that beauty, the beauty
0: yeah. of being your own boss
1: yeah and then you know i will say as well i have uh my son is 14 months old oh wow and so he he lives two minutes away okay. up the street with his mum. yeah and so um we we moved here together uh, together but separate if that right. makes sense okay
0: so like to kind of co-parent here is exactly, you know, separately. yeah
1: so i uh my little man's 14 months old his name's onyx onyx yeah that's such a cool name yeah so i i see him uh, before and after work we're available right. and then on my three days off i have you know some designated times that i see him so we have ritual friday night i take him out for dinner and we <laughs> go on a little mandate yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sunday morning i have him every morning we go to, to nude we have breakfast we have breakfast there together and then we go and play at his favorite little nursery area and so those are i love ritual and tradition so i built those in and then monday and tuesday we have our little routines as well right. we usually meet some friends for lunch and he gets to hang out and yeah. And that's that, yeah. Living so his best life. Yeah, yeah. and it's... <laughs> I mean, that's just been such a... He's a, just, you know, such a huge teacher for me. Yeah. His wisdom. Like, he has none of the bullshit that, you know, I was taught through the culture or yeah. through the impressioning or imprinting. Oh, he's
0: going to have such a an incredible upbringing here with such a diverse culture. Yeah. With all these... You could then the yoga route or fitness route or, you I know, taught. anything yeah. here, you know.
1: Yeah, and I'm really blessed. Like, his, his, you know... Jess, his mom is amazing at taking good care of him. She's a a yoga teacher, she's a yoga teacher trainer. Uh, And so, yeah, he's growing up in this environment where he's got these two houses that he lives between. And you know he's exposed to the beach, and the Indonesians are so friendly and always yeah. smiling. So there's that facial. They love children as well. Yeah, they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'll go out for dinner, and you know I'm eating, and then one of them will come over, and like yep. they'll take him around, and I'll look up, and he'll be in the kitchen, hanging <laughs> back, like looking <laughs> around. Like, <laughs> he because of that, his way is so smiley. Yeah. He's really friendly. He's really engaged. He's looking at everything. He's, he says hello, 14 months old. He's saying hello. He says minum, which is the, the Bahasa word for, for water. Okay. He says puggy he right. says good morning in Bahasa so yeah. he's, he will go out for breakfast and he'll be like Puggy and he's waving at <laughs> everyone and it's just like he's already learning like probably more Indonesian than I am which is which is tragic for myself and epic for him yeah, well he
0: can teach you when he gets a wee bit older a, and he yeah, will for he sure will. I'm yeah, going to have to like brush it up it's that really doing, special yeah. that, you've, that you've got your family here as well you've got your son who you can expose to this lifestyle and you know pass on your legacy you know gives you yeah. a pur- another purpose you've got many Thank purposes you. but it gives you yeah a real big purpose and in, in having your son here yeah
1: my yeah. my my biggest intention with him is to is to allow him to do what he wants to yeah and really listen to like his soul's calling yeah and what it is that that is passionate he is passionate about and mm-hmm. you know i mean it could be that he becomes a you know like a, a stockbroker i don't know what like he might who knows what he does do. whatever he wants he to might do. be an artist he might yeah. be you know whatever it is he might be a musician
0: as long as he's not hurting anyone yeah, as long as he's got I respect, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, all yeah, that
1: and nice I, I just really want him to follow his passion and, like we yeah. spoke about, like do what he loves, yeah, and and do that and, and, and just be devoted and, and dedicated to that and really love that. And then, as long as he's doing that and he's enjoying it, I'll, you know, yeah. and he's he's obviously self sufficient and sovereign, then that that's all I can ask. You know, would you have
0: like, just a quick question? Would you have wanted the same things for him back in the restaurant days before the breath work? Would you have had that such that? That willingness for him to go and do what he wants to do and, and expose himself to the world or do you feel that having a child yeah. later in life with this different mindset is allowing you to give him better tools to be a better person ultimately
1: yeah thank you bro i think the essence really is i had so much trauma myself yeah. from my childhood from a variety of different injuries and accidents from t- a bunch of Poor patterns of relating in relationship that I had and that my partners had, and ultimately I wouldn't have known how to support and relate to him, and and so I think as I did my own healing work, my own deep healing work, it's allowed me to show up as the father that I I wanted, and and that I actually want him to have. So it's actually part of my greatest mission is to live with integrity and to live with my own truth, so that I can show him the. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so I think that's that's probably like the deepest, you know, because he learns by watching me. Yeah, he's he's learning everything, so he's gonna pick up on my shitty habits. So what I have to do to be a good dad is to be a good human. Yeah, and so uh, you know, just like he's really a mirror, and I have to be reminded of that. So it's just
0: something I've been thinking, because I don't have any children. Yeah, but it's just something I've been thinking about a lot recently because I'm thirty-four, my partner's thirty-four, so obviously it's, it's something you talk about naturally. Yeah, but I always think. If I was to have had a child 10 years ago, the person that I was 10 years ago and the person that I am now are two completely different people. And it's like you, I was going through a lot of traumas back then and and recently. And I just feel like now more than ever, if I was to have a child now and, and bring it up, opposed to 10 years ago, they will get such a better way of life, a better, teaching a better understanding you know so it's just something i've been conscious yeah. of so i just interested to know yeah. your opinion on that you know yeah i love yeah.
1: that i i definitely agree with what you're saying there yeah. you know just like those lived experiences that you've shared like yeah. it, it gives us a, a more of a grounded way to parent from yeah um and then there's that tipping point of just energetics it's just like maintaining our own health mm-hmm. to ensure that we can be vibrant and energetic with our children and so you know and i know if i'm continuing to surf and practice my yoga qigong and breath work. I'm going to be able to stay vibrant and and keep up with him for a few years and then like have that beautiful moment where, you know, I see him, which is like, you know, really my dream is I see him like surpassing me physically and and also, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like he's going to have a greater level of awareness. It's my prayer that he grows up, you know, not having to heal from his childhood, which is, you know, what a lot of us have had to do growing up in the era that I grew up in with the education system we had. So, yeah, I think, I think it's great. I think the sweet spot for me, you know, I had it when I was 38, yeah. um, 39 now, and that felt like a really good time for me. Um, and uh, sure, that might not be for everyone. I mean, sh- there's probably some people that had, you know, really healthy patterns of relating from their parents that have children younger and do it yeah, yeah. a really great job that's certainly not my case yeah uh, and i'm f- really grateful that i've done that that deep work and that deep introspection so that you know i can hold space for him yeah so that when he's going through his stuff that i can just be there to yeah. regulate yeah 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 so that's, that's yeah it's a fun one
0: that's really cool to see because it, it's something i've thought about a lot recently it's just yeah. I'm, I'm more aware of the fact that i'm as trauma-less as i've ever been right yeah. now you know and yeah and just having the experience of travel and living in Bali and uh, different cultures and all that kind of stuff is, you know, to have a child now, they would get a completely different experience from me as a father than they would have done 10 years ago when I was still drinking and partying and being yes. very selfish and traumatic, going through traumas and stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's cool to hear it from the, the horse's mouth. You yeah, know, yeah. To hear and it and say somebody's quality. lived it, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And
1: a, I mean, two things, like, I've just bought you at least four or five years. Yes, so like, oh, uh, thank <laughs> you, <laughs> I thank you. And the next piece is like, I've never like when I saw my son, it shit got real. It was just like, I need to have a deeper quality of self responsibility now because there's a dependent and there's a dependent in a totally different way and I need to support him. And so that made me get serious about my own life. That meant, you know, doubling down on certain protocols and ensuring that business was flowing really well you know making sure that I could support him the foundation yeah, yeah. building that yeah. foundation strong yeah, totally and I'm, and part of that isn't just monetarily part of that's also like my time yeah how do I structure my business and my life in such a way that I can see him more and spend more time with him and not be you know that, that the dad that's 9 to 5 with 2 weeks of vacation yeah like I want to have like months off with my son yeah and create these amazing experiences like I want to go on road trips. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, that um, that's what yeah. I'm so pumped on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking him camping and exploring Bali and, you yeah. know, going hikes up, up in the mountains. And yeah. And that. That'd be and so that's cool. Like watching watching his wonder has yes. reminded me of how amazing everything is. And this like this childlike curiosity where he picks up a spoon and water and looks at it and plays with it. And he's just like amazed. Yeah. And I, I've loved that reminder of how amazing this human experience really is yeah and it's just it's given me a whole new lease on life yeah that's beautiful
0: man yeah. that's absolutely beautiful um right before we start to round things up i'm just want to ask like, what do you think the future is for breathwork because obviously it's still a relatively new thing yeah. right, in, in the mainstream market yeah um you've got gyms you've got yoga coming through yeah. strong now Um yeah. in terms of breathwork where do you see that and how where do you see the future going for it
1: yeah explosive yeah yeah honestly like we're on a I, I, I see it in certain communities starting to expand rapidly and yeah. massively but like it's going to explode um, you know it's, it's been it's starting to pop up in a couple of more influential people's lives and so I can see that like people it's just the power like people understand yeah. the power of it and yeah. it's immediate that like you're like no one comes out of a breathwork session and says yeah that was alright it's like if someone comes in for two hour one on one with me I will probably say somewhere it would be amazing to run a poll on this, but somewhere in the region of 80% say it's one of the most meaningful experiences of their life. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, wow, what was that? So yeah, it's, it's exploding. Um, and then like when I, when I look at the numbers on it, this that quality of like, the RAS, which is the reticular activation system. If I say red car, all you see is red cars. Yeah. So all I talk about is breathwork. So yeah. I see breathwork. You work see everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. Now what's the reality? It's like people yeah. are like, what are you talking about? So I'm really mindful of like, okay, how much of this is my lens and how much of this is the truth. But what I am seeing is more and more people are awakening up to it, yeah. and more and there's more and more interest, and it's like it's proliferation. People are like, oh yeah, you're the fourth person that I've heard about. And here in Bali, it's crazy. I'll I'll sit somewhere with like a breathwork barley shirt on. And if someone will come home to me like, are you, are you that guy that, the, that does the breathwork? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. And Changu's a small community, right? I, I mean, and you're a
0: pretty tall dude yeah, with blonde hair. Yeah, and totally. know, my uh, last name's Dangerfield. Dangerfield, like, yeah, yeah aye.
1: But like, you know, <laughs> you know, Danielle and Anthony, right? Yeah. And they're on my team. And it's just like, well, so like people are gonna meet me. So there's also that quality of here where it's just like a vortex of yeah. whirring energy and people are coming in and having an experience, they're coming to a workshop, they sharing. So then what I love is they're going out into the world so this is like an incubator for ideas, and um, yeah. So I see the future of breathwork like it's free. Yeah, it's super stabilizing. Yeah, it's an amazing technology. And technology. Everyone
0: has access to it. Yeah. everyone has breath. Everyone has breath. Yeah,
1: it's five. It's a five thousand plus year old tradition. It it comes from multi different, multi, multiple different traditions, and uh, and you know when taught and held in a really good and safe way, it is fantastic for regulation of like the nose yeah. healing trauma so yeah it's, it's an exciting time i'm excited yeah.
0: for you man yeah i'm excited for you i really am uh, again every time i think about breathwork or think about back to that time that i met you even this conversation now i'm pumped for breathwork you know, yeah, right. you know? <laughs> i need to come along in one of these uh, these wednesday night things and have yeah. a wee look and uh, yeah. experience get on the instagram stories and stuff you know and I, i'm I really want to experience it I said it to you last time I didn't follow through because of things happening but I'm, I'm definitely going to come experience uh, yeah, one so of these Wednesdays. definitely
1: an opportunity to do a little, like, a little recap after, yes. your, after your session and just come yeah, again and see where it's flowing well. yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to guide you through one and then have you just like comment on it and see like, you know, what, what was going on for you
0: yeah well hopefully if I'm free this Wednesday I'll, I'll definitely come along yeah, on Wednesday right. yeah it would be really yeah. cool uh, especially after this conversation yeah. you know it's, it's still fresh in the mind now, I actively encourage anyone listening or watching on the YouTube channel to obviously go and check out your website and your social channel. So feel free at this point to plug whatever you want. Plug your website, plug your Instagram or whatever you want to plug. Where can Thanks, people man. find you?
1: Yeah, so most directly for the brand is at breathworkbali.com. Okay. And on there, there's some resources, there's a few other podcasts as well from some... Beautiful That's what people. I found, the other podcasts, yeah. yeah. and then there's also a video i do a 20 minute presentation i'm actually speaking at vancouver general hospital and i was invited there to speak about trauma in the nervous system so there's a a short 20 minute film there there's a couple other films that are flying around i just got filmed by a local bali crew here as well (laughs) um so that's all kind of on the website for me personally like i invite people to follow my social channel on instagram and it's just edward dangerfield yeah so that's my instagram there's not many of them yeah that was an easy one yeah uh, and then in the next couple of months, I'm going to be building a new website, which is edwarddangerfield.com. Okay. And I'm going to be putting on a lot more educational resources for people. And then just, you know, as the clinic's flowing, and as, as you know, I've got more abundance, I'm going to take some more time. Is that of more thing. of a personal blog? just yeah, a document blog. Yeah, yeah. That, that, more of my personal story, personal blog and sharing. Yeah. And then I'm going to be bringing through some unique offerings. So um, I'm going to, whilst I'm still going to be here in clinic, which is a really accessible way for people that, to, to, to work with me, and also here in Circle. I'm also, I've noticed that working with CEOs and, and uh, business leaders and tech entrepreneurs is a real passion of mine. So I'm going to create basically an offering where people can do immersive experiences and they can actually come and we'll do like a one to three to five day experience, either one-on-one or a small group. So I'm just building that as an offering on my website. Thanks. Yeah, busy mine.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah it's yeah, like it's I've got name. these three streams going. Yeah. So I've got like the clinic yeah. and then I've got the school and then I've got my own little like personal retreat business it's just like a direct offering and they're all around the breath and they're all one's stable and steady one's like just you know twice a year and then this other one's just going to be like i'm going to just you know like invite people here and build a custom offering here in bali or go to australia and work with someone there kind of thing and just if i'm traveling or I'm moving through just you know set up a schedule where i can go and it my intention with that is so I can travel with my son? Yeah, <coughs> it's like So well, I want to take him places. It's a good and goal then, to have. And like teach people, and then another piece is going to be doing these um, these father-son workshops. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. When he's a little older, I yeah. want to get into a relationship of of fathers and fathers and sons. Yeah. So that's going to be something that I'll be special. Do. Yeah, be spe- and unique. Retreats. Yeah. Camping and surfing yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know some skill learning how to. You know, learning how to cook together and just bonding experiences that I think is really important for us to pass on.
0: So maybe I should get into making a son or a. Get get busy, get, get on get busy it. Or get, get, on catch it. Up. get catch up. Give me a few years, alright? Yeah, just yeah, time, Leave, that, time, leave, time, leave time. that one for just a few years. On, yeah, if anyone's watching uh, this on YouTube, I would invite you to leave some feedback on the comment section. Obviously, there's been a lot of value here. Um, again, this has been as fascinating as I expected it to be um, and as captivating as I expected it to be. So I'd really like some feedback, obviously, for myself and for you. just to. Yeah, if love anyone, that as well. And any yeah, questions as well. We if anyone's maybe. got any questions or feedback, yeah, if yeah. you've made it to the end, we're approaching two hours on this podcast. Wow, can you believe? That's epic. It flies by. It really does, bro. Yeah, that's really, crazy. I know. I've actually, I've, I've actually actively tried to cut it down a wee bit.
1: And only and, one beer. And only one beer. I, don't, I don't know, I know we're, I'm right running, we're running dry here. Right, that's
0: why I'm cutting it down. I need to go know, and get yeah, another beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, is there anything else you want to add before we can start to conclude this and wrap this up? Or, you know, I think we've managed to cover a lot, but is there anything you'd like to say? I, or?
1: Yeah, I think just one thing right now is, is just the idea of hope. Yeah. It's just like, if anyone's really struggling and gone through darkness, it's just like, you know, I've, I've personally, I've been there. I've been in, in a real a, a space of you know contemplating ending my life and taking it and I just really want to encourage people to reach out and find support yeah and know that you know there's a different way that we can live with more ease and grace mm. and that, that that comes from within us when we cultivate this deeper sense of, of self and of knowing and of connection to the breath and to spirit, we actually find that like, life can be easy mm. and so for anyone that's struggling just 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 reach out and, and, and have the courage that you had to, sh- to share your experience.. Andrew yeah find out what what people will come and support and how that will flow back to 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 us and to you and 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 that's the way and so let's continue to cultivate that and and let's stay hopeful
0: well i fully endorse that message and that is a the perfect way to round up a a pretty perfect podcast so um i just want to thank my my lonely patron stephanie for our continued support on this podcast and i think that concludes it so i'm just going to wrap it up with the tagline which is this is a wee podcast for big subjects and personalities sprinkled with a wee bit of Scottish humor thanks very much man no, all thanks right, so much right. For right. cheers awesome. bye